0: everybody, welcome to this very, very special episode of Game Rivals. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Templer, and I am honored to be joined by our star-studded cast today because we're going to talk about the generation in review. I mean, it's been seven years since we kicked this generation off. We're at the eve of of a new one. By the time this episode airs, um, some of you will already have had your shiny Xbox Series X's. Uh, or maybe even their PlayStations. Um, but well, well, without further ado, let's jump into our star started cast. We have the amazing Nintendo expert. The person that says, Nintendo has its own generation. Maximilian X. How are you today, man? <laughs> I'm good, Sean. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm really excited for this episode. And, and we have some amazing people lined up. We have uh, old favorites returning. our our in-house Xbox expert that only highlights third-party games because Xbox doesn't have any first-party games. I'm just kidding. It's Gizmo. Hey, Gizmo, how are you? Hi, Sean
1: Templer. Thanks for having me, Max and Sean. I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to do this episode, and yes, there will be third-party games in my list. But <laughs> lo and behold, there's also first-party. Oh, no. Mind blown! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm really happy because you're the first person I know that that's going to get a Series X in, I think, two days. You're counting the days, so right? So excited! All right, all right, and we have our, our 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 my favorite returning because he's representing my favorite camp, the our Sony <laughs> representative. Uh, The sidekick to, not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me, Batman. Welcome, Robin.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So it's I will be doing it. the
2: opposite as uh, Gizmo is doing. I won't be referring to any third-party titles because I don't need to. <laughs> and we're going to have so much fun in this episode. I,
0: I've been looking forward to this. So for the viewers at home, how this is going to work is, is we're going to... Viewers? We have viewers now? Oh, sorry. For the listeners, of course. <laughs> I'm all in that game show mood, you know, Jeopardy and, and stuff like that. So for the oh, listeners you at home... Jeopardy. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, so w- what we did is, is we asked all three uh, contestants to come up with a list of top five games that really had an impact on them this generation. So not in general, but like a personal impact. And then um, they also have some runner-ups. I heard Robbins is 14, so I don't know if we're going to get to all 14, but who knows? Um, so the honor befalls upon Maximilian to kick it off with nintendo's own generation so without further ado let's jump in maximilian the floor is yours all right all
3: right so um yeah because the generation is not ending for nintendo because we're only in year four or yeah we're going into in the year four as of march next year um but it has been a really great generation for nintendo fans we've had a lot of games come out um not just first party but also third-party games uh third-party ports a lot of fantastic indie titles i'm going to be talking about a few of them so if you have any questions guys feel free to ask um i'm just going to start off with you know what i'm assuming most people have played have played um and is seemingly changing the landscape of open world uh gaming which is of course uh legend of zelda breath of the wild which is the first game i picked up with my uh switch when i when it launched uh back in 2017 nice and Yeah, I mean, I still boot that game up from time to time just to run around the fields, try my hand at some uh, Lynels, um, getting my butt whipped by Lynels. And, uh, you know, just roaming around, exploring, just, you know, going on horseback rides and going through the fields, climbing mountains, getting to shrines. And it's just a really fun time. And the game looks amazing. it is, of course, a Wii U port, and there have been a lot of Wii U ports. Uh, so the poor Wii U has almost been, um, yeah, devoid of most of its exclusives that came out. Um, yeah. It is it help. a Wii U port? Isn't it a downgrade from the Switch to the Wii U? Uh, It's not. The Switch version actually runs at a higher uh at a higher, uh, not a higher frame rate, what's the word I'm looking for? Resolution. Resolution. Higher resolution, yeah.
0: Yeah, but he's referring to isn't it a da- is the Wii it's U the Wii version a downgrade. Or
1: downgrade from the oh from the
0: no, because it was originally a Wii U game, and
3: then halfway through development, they decided to also port it to the Switch. Basically, the same thing what they did with Twilight Princess back in the GameCube Wii days. Oh,
4: okay,
3: did not know that. So, it's a, it's a cross generation game. Um, but a very good one at that, and at least they—if um, I—if my memory serves me right—the DLC was available for both systems. So that was the last DLC that they worked on for the Wii U. Um, we have a we have a mutual friend that played it on the Wii U for like the longest time before he finally bought a Switch and then switched over to. Ah, uh, well,
0: Switch switched station. over. And
3: unintended. But not intended <laughs> um, but yeah I mean this was Nintendo's first foray into HD open world um, I mean it, they yes they did port uh, Wind Waker and they ported uh, Twilight Princess to the Wii uh, to the Wii U but those were not made for the system they just had some other teams ported over but as uh, as a actual open world game, um, you know, like a HD open world game, this was their first, and you can really tell that they put a lot of effort in it. it also explains why it took so long, outside of the fact that they were making it for Wii U. And yeah, um, I mean, there's so much so much cool stuff that they did there that you don't that you didn't see in other open world games um, until more recently. Um, I mean, like free running, of course, you had in Assassin's Creed, but you couldn't climb everything. You could climb most things as long as it was stippled out by the game. In Breath of the Wild, you can literally climb anything and go anywhere as long as it's not raining. (laughs) 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 Because then you slide down the mountainside. Oh, that's so annoying. Um, It's a good thing that other developers did not look at that and were like, that does not look like a good
0: time. Let's not do that. <laughs> I have to be honest that, well, I only played Breath of the Wild briefly, but one thing that stood out for me is that everything just makes sense. So there was, there, exactly, there was this moment yeah. in which I just grabbed some fruit and I went to this uh, fireplace and I saw a pan on the fire. And I thought, like, I hadn't read it anywhere. I hadn't seen it anywhere. It's just a thought that occurred. I thought, like, okay, maybe what happens if I just throw the fruit on the fire, what will happen? And then I just did it. And I got this really cool, happy sounding animation. And then it just turned into something which gave me even more uh, hearts, I think. And I was yeah. completely surprised. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. This is just something that I tried randomly. And I had the same with, with trees, which were across a canyon. And I felt like, is it possible for to just chop these trees up so it just falls over and creates this bridge? And I just did it and it, it worked. And that was one of those first things that I was really like, wow, it just makes sense in this game. And there were so many ways you could approach things. Um, in the first part, you have to climb the mountain, this really cold mountain, to meet, uh, I think it's Zelda's father. And then yeah. um, apparently you had to eat a fire pepper and it would keep you warm and that way you could move up the mountain. I didn't know that. What I did was I just grabbed a torch and I shot an arrow through the fire to these beacons. And I was just running from beacon to beacon to keep myself warm. And that's how I got to the summit of the mountain. And then when I got at the top, people said, like, oh, well, you could just eat the fire pepper and it would be easy. I'm like, oh, okay. But the fact that it just offered so many different ways to play just really made it stand out for me. You could have also done his quest and got a warm dublet that kept you warm. I think you only got it when you got to the top of the summit. No, you can get it
3: before you get to the summit. That's the whole point of it.
0: I thought you had to kind of traverse the wild and the cold and the reward would be the warm thingy. No. Oh, my God. (laughs) Maybe that's the reason why I don't have a Switch anymore. I I
2: overcomplicate things. (laughs) Thanks. You just told me five years too late. But it is Uh, cool, too. You can play this game in so many different
3: ways. Exactly. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the whole point of it is the exploration part and tackling the tackling things the way you want to. I mean, I've seen people go straight to Ganon and take him out with just the barest essentials, like not even picking up the master sword, just bare like the bare minimum that you can get at the beginning of the game. And that's wow. crazy considering how ridiculously powerful the enemies are at Hyrule Castle, let alone, you know, Calamity Ganon. Yeah. And the whole point of getting to the Divine Beast is because the Divine Beast, each of them takes like uh about 50%? 15% of his health. So if you get all four of them, it takes out fifty percent of his health. And yeah, I mean yeah, I've seen people even get the Master Sword without getting the heart requirements. Which is crazy. Uh, apparently it's possible. I've seen it once. I don't remember what the process is. But the fact that you can do all these things. In this game. Makes it just that much more fun. And it. I mean. I'm, it is. I said that when I, when I when I played the game. When I finished the game. Is that. I hope that a lot of developers. Take this to heart. And see that this is the next logical step. For open world games. That there's. No real limits outside of the size and the scope of the area. And we're finally seeing that, sort of. Um, I mean, Ubisoft is going to be bringing out um, Immortals, uh, Fe- uh, Phoenix, uh, was it Phoenix Rising? Rising, or Rising Phoenix. Um, dang, I wish they could just, just kept the Gods and Monsters. That was so much easier title. <laughs> but that one is... Essentially Ubisoft's answer to Breath of the Wild. There's a lot of similarities between the between the two games outside the fact that one takes place in you know Greek mythology, another one takes place in a made-up land of Hyrule. Um but it is it it is a fun time. I took the week off when that game came out and the Switch came out, and by the time I had to go back to work, I still hadn't finished. Breath of the Wild, because I was having way too much fun exploring, way too much fun finding weapons, way too much fun doing all the puzzles, um, all the shrines, and the DLC. And the DLC also added some really cool stuff. Um, Like, for example, a Chica motorcycle, which looks like a horse, and you can do sweet-ass donuts with. The battle to get that item, however, is probably one of the best Boss battles in the entire game outside of mm, maybe nah no no the the battle against Calamity Ganon is still pretty cool because it's in multiple parts, um especially the second part when you're outside Oh, that's so beautiful, and it's it's great, it has great lore building it's the first Zelda game with voice acting um it has a lot of firsts. And it, it's just something that I that, that really just brings a smile to my face whenever I play it. Even even when I uh, get upset because a Lionel took me out again, I know that it's not because the game is unfair. I know that I was just not using the right tactics to beat him. Uh, so, yeah. Breath of the Wild. Ace game. Like, totally ace. Um, can't wait for Breath of the Wild 2. In the meantime, I guess um, Hyrule Warriors. Or, uh, wow. That was weird. Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity has to keep me uh, company for for a little bit longer until that game is finished and uh, ready to release.
1: Somewhere We're in 2027 20, uh, or something.
0: Yeah, funny. funny, Very funny. I no, have but... said this before, and I think that, and maybe the, the situation with the pandemic around the world has changed it. We'll, we'll never know, but I think that this holiday season was the perfect moment for Nintendo to release Breath of the Wild 2 because it would take some thunder away from the PlayStation and the Xbox coming out because they would say, like, hey, but we have this hugely anticipated game. You don't have to buy a next-gen console. You can just enjoy it on your Switch or your Switch Lite. And I think that Age of Calamity is that runner-up, maybe. But I think that it would have been perfect for Nintendo to release it this holiday season. I'm going
3: to be honest. I think it was by design because next year is the Zelda franchise's 35th anniversary. And they're doing a lot of celebrating, kind of, sort of, you know, with Mario's 35th anniversary being this year. Um, They even did a little something for Fire Emblem um, for its 30th anniversary, which is coming out in December as well. So I think that if they really were timing it specifically, timing it for the 35th, uh, 35th anniversary of the franchise would be a better fit. Because then you can do a whole celebration around it. And not yeah. just, you know, release it just because you want to take away thunder from you know the competition.
1: If so, I may say something about this, maybe this is uh yeah, far fetched, but isn't it possible that they will keep this Breath of the Wild 2 as a launch game for the Switch Pro? For the alleged
0: switch pro. That's really
3: plausible. It is plausible. Um, I don't know if that's their whole game, but anything's possible these days. We've seen weirder stuff happen, right, guys?
0: Uh, yep. I think we got great news yesterday by hearing that there's a Mass Effect remaster coming. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> a Except lot of people were waiting
3: for that one. Except it's not coming to Switch, so I'm pissed off.
4: Oh, Aww. Yeah,
3: because they because they made a whole big stink about oh we're now suddenly going to support Switch and but then they just
2: dumped a ask bunch you. of
3: ports. The game that was supposed to come out this fall was delayed till next year because of the pandemic. But yeah, let me
0: put it this way: because I've I've asked this question multiple times, and now that we have a, a bigger group, to put it that way, mm-hmm. this, the 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 thing that that it's lacking for me for the Switch is. Um, that really big third-party support, and I mean, I think Sony and Microsoft both have proven that hey, you can have amazing first-party franchises that will carry your console forward. But at the end of the day, you need triple A games from third parties that will kind of push your console forward as well, like a Call of Duty or an Assassin's Creed or or a FIFA or a FIFA. And I mean, that's some of the things that that the Switch has been, in, at least in my opinion, really been lacking. And it's become this secondary console in which you either buy an Xbox or a PlayStation and you buy a Switch on the side so you can enjoy those Nintendo things. I just wonder if the Switch hasn't been held back because of that proper third party AAA support. Not really, considering that people
3: enjoy the ports that come to the Switch. You know, I mean, the whole point of the Switch is that it's a home console. Whenever you want it to be a home console, but at the same time you can take it anywhere you want there's been a lot of games that i've been playing both first first and third party and indie games I've just been playing anywhere i mean even 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 breath of the wild like the first i think the first couple of days I mostly played it um while lying in bed because that was the most relaxing thing I could do. <laughs> <laughs> and then whenever I put it back on on the base and played it on my TV, I'm like, oh, dang, this game is actually really pretty. <laughs> yeah.
0: like,
3: I keep forgetting how pretty the game is, and then I put it on my TV, and it's like, oh, right, that's why this, this system is awesome. I'm so, just going to
0: ask you I mean, are people... Gizmo as well, because I know that that's yeah. your answer, but I think you, you both also have a Switch? Yes. 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 So like for you is it is are you a- agreeing with the maximilian is saying or do you kind of have that i mean like i would love to play assassin's creed on the go and i don't have that experience
2: or i would love to play the division on the go but i don't have that experience well i've considered it multiple times where there is this game that's available for on the switch and on my playstation 4 as well and most of the times i still opt to go for the playstation 4 version because it simply looks better and it performs better and The games I'd want to play on the go aren't those kind of titles. Those are the kind of titles I want to play on my TV with the big screen and great sound set. Um, So that's why I mostly opt for those versions then. Okay. And you, Gizmo? And for me, it's kind of the
1: same. Like um, I heard the the remark from CD Project Red that they were able to port with The Witcher 3 to. Switch with with a lot of details, but it was still not the same as it was on the Xbox One or or the PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is it it did give you the chance to play it on the go, but still not the same um, experience. detailed experience you can get as you play it on what Robin, Robin said on the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One.
3: Yeah, in uh, terms of and, visual experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: And, and so does not feel at like at,
3: I'm at,
2: yeah, it doesn't feel Pokemon like I'm missing out on anything because yeah. um I can still play those games. And like you said, Sean Templar, um the Nintendo Switch is for my is my Nintendo game console and I play my Nintendo games on that. And for everything else, that's why I've what I've got my PlayStation for. Okay, that's a fair point.
1: The only thing that they could do is release a Switch Pro and have third party developers the ability to develop the games on the same level as they do on in this case the next gen series x and 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 playstation 5 because with with a lot of franchise that brings a lot of money into developers their bank accounts like a fifa like a madden or whatever gamers on the switch are really really on the end of the of the line the game isn't the same as you play it on a playstation or on an xbox and when you think of the whole business idea in uh, for EA, like the whole future uh, uh, um, Ultimate Tournament and uh, Ultimate Teams, that doesn't translate well to the Switch because the, the the gameplay isn't the same, the graphics aren't the same. It's just a really as, as if you're playing a FIFA game on a Game Boy Advance.
3: Well, or, if we're talking uh, about EA and FIFA, considering that they literally just ported the same game three
0: times over i don't think that's a very good comparison to make because that's literally what they did no but like i think what what an argument that he's having as well is, is i think this has been a thing in multiple earnings calls for ea is that they literally make millions if not maybe a billion off of things like fifa ultimate team so for ea it is this huge opportunity for money and then the Switch install base is uh, an install base that, that's basically missing out on, it, both for gamers as for, for the EA. The install
3: is- base is almost 70 million. How is that a small install base? No, I'm not saying that if the install it, base is no, no, small. No, but if, if, if you look at
1: um, the people playing FIFA on a Switch, it's like this.
3: Yeah, it's because like, they keep porting the same thing with only updated uh, rosters. It's not the same game because yeah so because, because they're they cheating you for sixty bucks for literally a game that they made back in twenty nineteen or not even 2019, 2018. But still, so they, they, it, yeah. So the of course the, the base is yeah. small.
4: <laughs>
3: if they start doing the actual game, I think they might actually sell more. That's all oh, I'm yeah. saying. Because again, that's why I'm saying like FIFA is not a good example in this case. Because it's literally porting a game from three years ago and just doing a roster update, which is something I've said that they should be doing for years. In terms of like just having let, a let base me put it this way, it's also missing that.
0: out on other. I mean, like on the was it the 3ds that rocks are made GTA Chinatown Wars, which was a great that game. the regular DS, by the oh, way. The, the regular DS, but like we we haven't got any unique AAA third party games that often on the Switch as well. But I think. Before we digress and make this into a regular episode, because we're kind of <laughs> trending towards that, uh, let, let's move on with your list, because otherwise uh, we're going to be running short on time. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. the Breath of the Wild is one of your list then? you have four yeah, more? Or have it? Yeah, I got four more.
4: Okay.
3: Um, yeah, so the next game on that list is uh, Splatoon 2. Nice. Um, mostly because I was like totally in love with the first game. And Um, I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but I actually dabbled in doing live streams for Splatoon. I think there might still be some content on my YouTube channel. uh, If not on my... I don't think it's on my Twitch channel anymore, but on my own personal YouTube channel, there's still some um, streams that I re-uploaded there. And I had a fun time. It was really fun trying to be a, a... for, for for the for the few months that I tried to be a uh, Splatoon streamer <laughs> on the Wii. It, it was a fun time. I was hoping to do the same thing, but due to technical difficulties I was not able to do that. Plus work got in the way even more, so it made it a bit more difficult. I hope that maybe I can do I can do it again if there's ever like a Splatoon three, but I don't think that's gonna come out anytime soon. But uh Yes, Platoon 2 was really fun. Um, it's a fun multiplayer game um, where you play as the Inklings, or if, you, uh, if you're if you playing it now, you can play as an Inkling or a Octoling, uh, the, which were the former enemies of the first game. And, yeah, it's a, it's a squad-based shooter where you don't – the point is not to get as many kills as possible, but to cover as much territory with your team's ink. And it's a neon-lit, fantastical uh, game where you're squatting up well, with either your friends or with randoms, and just having a blast while, while having a blast while doing that. And it's a really I mean, it's a really fun game. The controls are excellent because they use the, the, the unique thing is that they use motion controls for you to aim up and down but you're still using the right analog stick to look left and right so you can actually very precisely aim where you need to be and it's just yeah it's just a really fun time they they added a, even a single player uh DLC expansion called the Octo Expansion. the the Octo expansion um they 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 used to do these m- almost monthly things called the Splatfest where you can um, choose whatever team you're on so for example uh, they had one about condiments so are you team ketchup or are you team uh, mustard i think it was was mustard or ketchup or must um, ketchup and mayonnaise oh yeah it was ketchup and mayonnaise and they actually colored the ink in those colors so you had this mayonnaise color team and this ketchup color team, and it looks so weird when it all matches up together. It doesn't turn pink or anything. It's just, it just looks super weird because it has that weird glossy look to it as well because it's ink. And um, they had one they had one Autobots versus Decepticons, which was a really cool one because then you had like this cool Autobot shirt or Decept- Decepticon shirt, which you don't get to keep, unfortunately. Um... And you, yeah, and the single player is just really solid. It teaches you all the the mechanics of the game, all the different weapon types that are in the game. It has a lot of fun, weird characters. I mean, one of them is uh, one of them is a, what is it again? A muscle called Sheldon, who uh, makes your weapons. Um, there's this uh, tempura fry tempura fried shrimp who sells you food. <laughs> um, who used to, by the way, in the first game, he used to sell you shoes. But now that's being handled by someone else. Um, Yeah, it's just a fun game with a lot of fun characters in there. Um, If you haven't played Splatoon 2 already, it's worth, it's worth it. Um, If you want to play something multiplayer, fun, and not, you know, all killy-killy the whole time. Because when you get splatted, you just... Killy-killy. <laughs> <laughs> You, you just explode into an ink blob and then respawn later. So, yeah, it's fun times. It's fun times. Um, yeah, the 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 third game on my list, um, of course, if I don't mention it, people are going to talk about it. Like, why didn't you mention it? I'm sure there are a lot of games that people are going to be like, why didn't you talk about this? Why didn't you talk about that? We don't have a lot of time. The next game, obviously, is Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, as a lifelong Nintendo fan, but now also... Going into this generation, Ultimate is – it lit, It holds up to its name so much. It's ridiculous because when they announced it and when they said every character that was ever in the game is back, people lost their minds. I lost my mind. Like, I went insane because I was seeing – because the, they made the best trailer ever, and I stand by this. It's probably still like this generation's – best reveal trailer ever. And I can still go back to that trailer and still get that feeling of oh snap, those mad lads did it. Sakurai son did it and got everyone. And then the DLC happened. The first Fighter Pass happened and it was great. The second Fighter Pass however, I'm still kind of mixed over. I mean, I wasn't looking forward to ever having to see the game include any kind of Minecraft reference, but here we are. It's 2020, and the world is upside down. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, the base game and at least the first fighter pass was just amazing. Um, the single player, uh, uh, the single player content, the World of Light is also a really cool take on. Uh, on well, not unlock. If you want to unlock characters that way, you can. Um, But, you know, they at least allow you to unlock characters in multiple different ways. Every character plays uniquely. My character, by the way, is Ness from Earthbound. It is also the first through that franchise is why I learned about Earthbound and everybody, of course, learned about Fire Emblem. Um, People kind of kind of nag that there are way too many Fire Emblem characters in there, but. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, granted, most of them all use their use swords, so people are like, "Oh, this is just Fire Emblem sword fighter." It's like, yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. They're cool characters, you know. I mean, they're fun characters in 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 uh, in Fire Emblem, and yeah, if they get re- represented, then so be it. Um, it's also cool to see the third party characters being represented. You know, you got Sonic in there, you got Mega Man in there, Call you got. Snake. Solid snake in there. That one was crazy. That's still crazy to this day. That yeah, snake. Is- I don't yeah.
0: understand why they did it, but I'm happy to. It's um
3: a- it. well, uh, Kojima was uh, just like most people, a big fan of Smash. And if it was up to him, he would have been in Smash in Melee, but they couldn't work the details out. That's why he was in Brawl. Um, but the fact that they were able to bring him back for Ultimate is like this crazy thing because of licensing. You know, you got cloud in there. You got um dang it, who's who else is in there now? Like you got the Castlevania characters in there. It's crazy. So if you're not just a Nintendo fan, but a fan of gaming, there's probably a character in there that you really want. Um, well, really want to play as, and then you can finally settle the score and say like this character is the best character ever, period. Um so yeah, that's Smash. Um I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to go through this a little bit quicker, if you guys don't mind. Um, Of course, on the list, I had to put Super Mario Odyssey on here. Um, Probably the best 3D Mario game, bar none. And that's saying a lot considering that my favorite one was Galaxy and its sequel. Um, You can play that now as well on the Switch. Uh, Well, at least the first one, not the second one. Seriously, Nintendo, what the hell? Um, But yeah, Super Mario Odyssey, fun time. Like, the most fun that I've had playing a Mario game in a really long time. Um, not that I'm dissing on, like, the new Super Mario Bros. series, but it's not the same. Uh, and the last game that I want to talk about a little bit more is Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is, um, well, not, the, not, not it coming to prominence, of course, but Fire Emblem Three Houses is a very unique game in its own right because of how it works. You have three main houses as the title entails that you can actually follow. Um, You as the main character, this is the first, uh, this is not the first time that you are in the game as a character of its own, you you know, own customized character, but this is the first time that um, you are very integral to the story because it kind of, sort of, revolves around you, but also revolves around the three houses of the kingdom. Um, And it's just a really, it's a really fun time. You learn about all the characters so much. You get your favorites. Um, You get to, the only thing that I'm missing, unfortunately, is that even though this game has a time skip, like previous games had, it's only a very small time skip. uh, And people, and people like just turn dark as in people had dark backstories and you learn about it as you play through the game and then when the time skip happens they have given into whatever it is that was in their past to shape them into the people that they are then and it's just and in some cases just really sad because you grow to love them because in this game you are their professor in the school that they attend so when you suddenly have to face them in the battlefield for reals and not just in a um, in a skirmish, you have to kill them or hope that you can recruit them.
0: Can they the ones
3: die, they, yeah. Like as yeah, because <clears throat> the Fire Emblem franchise is you know, made famous by permadeath. uh Oh, <laughs> I mean, you now have the casual mode so that you can, if, whenever characters die, they can come back unless it's story related then then they die for reals but if you're playing that then i don't know why you're playing fire emblem you have to play classic mode or higher um i played it classic mode of course i tried playing it on a uh, um on on a higher di- on the height on the on the hard difficulty mode people are like oh hard difficulty mode is not that hard yeah until you get past the first the the, the time skip and then it's all resetting the whole time whenever a character dies you're like I didn't want to kill this character I didn't want to <laughs> die reset and then I was like you know what I'm just going to play on normal I want to finish the story <laughs> and get it over with so I did that and then they in- they did introduce a um uh malevolence level so a level higher than hard and people are like yeah this is the challenge I want I'm like you're all a bunch of misogynists man.
0: <laughs> what is wrong with you people But I must say, uh, permadeath adds something unique. I haven't played Fire Emblem, but I'm I'm playing Watch Dogs Legion now, and that has a permadeath option, and I have it on, and it just adds this completely different layer of, I would say, caution to the game instead of just going out guns blazing. So I can't imagine that. It's pretty cool in that game, in uh, Fire Emblem.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've played any Fire Emblem game, then then you've experienced permadeath multiple times before. (laughs) But with the more recent games, they also added the casual mode, so that They can get more players to play it and actually finish a game without, you know, them losing their favorite characters. Because you get really attached to some of these characters. And some of these games, you can actually marry the characters. And in some of them, you actually have a big enough time skip that you actually have kids. Or in one case, your kids come from the future to save the present. That sounds like something out of Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) (laughs) Dragon Ball Z has never had time travel, by the way. Trunks,
0: he came from the what? future. Oh, right. Really? Dang it. My favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite character. The... I forgot that. He's... How can you, How not do you... Know that? <laughs> That's just... You just went
1: down on my rank, Maximilian. How the <laughs> hell do you miss Trunks' time travel in Dragon Ball Z? It is C- his
3: fa- favorite character. Because the... at the... this point in time, Trunks is just a mainstay and you forget the fact that he's a time traveler. No, no, no. I can get that. Yeah. Okay,
0: so uh, um, I have one question for the three of you.
4: Mm-hmm. Since oh, wow. you
0: all three have Switches. Yeah. And for Maximilian, it could be maybe one of the five he just mentioned. And for mm. Robin and Gizmo, it could be different. But if you have to name one game from the Nintendo Generation that we're in right now that made a huge impact on you, or say you're stuck on a on an island and you can only bring one game on your Switch, which game would it be? For the world. No. Okay. Ah, dang it. No. Yeah, I mean, you know. I, uh, yeah, yeah? Well. I can give but you yeah. some uh, yeah. twenty seconds to think about
3: it. No, because like I said before, you can just jump yeah. right in and just go exploring all you want. I mean, I put. Five hundred. Uh... No, that, was, that was I <laughs> I mean, I I put in at least four to five hundred hours in in, oh, in Breath of the Wild. Okay, just filming okay. and doing stuff, and Never. that that does not, by the way, include master quest, which is insane. By the way, kudos to those that can actually finish master mode because that is so difficult. <laughs>
0: okay, so it's Breath of the Wild for you, Gizmo.
1: It's kind of cheating because they are remasters, but I would go for uh, Bayonetta 1 and 2. Mm. Oh, nice pick. Yeah, nice
0: pick. Yeah.
1: Uh, because uh, I I played Bayon- Bayonetta 1 on the 360 and it, I really enjoyed the game and when it came as a bundle to the Switch, I just saw it as a perfect opportunity to play that game on the go as well as on a big screen. Nice. And when you're stuck on an island you want to have to have something to look at and link is fine and all, but
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I just find it funny that that's your reasoning because you want something pretty to look at. <laughs> no, but
0: not, but not I mean, it's from
1: platinum games and I really enjoy it. It's a really beautiful game. If
0: I mean, graphically, I just, I know what you mean from graphics point of view. It's, it's really stylish and really nice. And it's um, quick,
1: like it, the the action and and the gameplay is so, um, yeah, almost Devil May Cry, like
3: uh, well, level. Well, it, it is basic. Well, basically from the same team, so yeah. Simil- well, similar members from the
1: team. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really liked I really like one, and I'm still finishing up two, but that would be my go to game on on the Switch.
0: Nice.
2: And nice. you, Robin? Yeah, I I, sh- I should say. Um, I should say Breath of the Wild, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to be saying Animal Crossing, since we'll be staying uh-huh. on an island, and I should be saying that one. That's okay. the whole reason I actually bought my Switch this year, uh, yeah. because it's weird. So the the whole pandemic started, lockdown started, and Animal Crossing came out. And I've played the Animal Crossing games in the past, but I did, didn't did own a Switch. And my wife asked me, well, what what's that Animal Crossing thing? And I started explaining to her. And by the end of like a 15-minute rant about what Animal Crossing is i realized i need to buy a switch i need this <laughs> game in my life right now i want this and uh, that's why we ended up buying a switch in march of this year so i'm nice. gonna be saying uh, animal crossing yeah okay nice nice, nice. um it's anything you would want to play on a switch
0: i think i'd have to go and this is kind of like the the wild card because uh maybe like a, a, a childhood memory I think I'd have to go with Pokemon because I used to play Pokemon red on the game boy pocket. I never was able to finish it, but I mean, growing up watching Pokemon on TV and then having Pokemon red and, you know, I was a huge Charmander fan. I wanted to get that Charizard. So to be able to uh, relive that memory in a way was, was really nice. Um, I I had a, people know that listen to the podcast. I had, two Switches in separate times and both sold them off, unfortunately. And I've been really doubting to buy a Switch again, uh, but I'm trying to hold myself because hopefully there will be a nice shiny box standing next to my TV in a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I think a it'd big, be Pokemon. Tiny monolith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I think it'd be Pokemon. And I, I have to honestly say, I mean, like, we make a lot of fun, or at least I make a lot of fun about Nintendo, but Nintendo has had some amazing games this generation. I think it's a great time to be a Nintendo gamer and the fact that they kind of do their own thing um, only makes it better to be a Nintendo gamer because you get far more unique experiences for the Switch, um, and not just from
3: not just from Nintendo themselves, but the thing that has been shining on Int- on Nintendo Switch and before that on the Wii U were the indie titles. Yep. Um, I'm just going to mention a few of them. These are my honorable mentions, by the way. They're pretty much all indie titles. Um, the Shante games. In general, it doesn't matter which Shantae game that you play on the Switch, they're all good games by way forward. Love those guys. They do an awesome job with like 2D platformers or Metroidvania's as some people like to call them. Um uh you know oh, dang it, what's it called again? It has such a long title and
0: I bring uh, it The Crypt of the Necromancer that yeah, game Kate of
3: the Pyrule, yeah. <is> Long-ass title, but love that game. It's one of the more unique rhythm games that I've played. But Crypt of the Necrodancer, the the, the, the Legend of Zelda variant, is so much fun. Um, outside of that, of course, uh, Shovel Knight. Um, full disclaimer, I was a Kickstarter backer on Shovel Knight. I was also a Kickstarter backer of one of the Shantae games. Um, so also that. Um I also mentioned a few things. If you go to our Instagram, um, we also do like um, get a generation review there. That's where this idea came from. And I also mentioned Snake Pass, which is, I know a, multiplayer, a multi-platform title, but it is so much fun to play it on the Switch with the uh, HD rumble. So, you know, if you haven't checked that one out yet, check that one out as well. Um, and yeah, th- those are just a few of my uh, honorable mentions. Uh, the, there's way too much if I if I were to go on and on.
0: people should tune into our Instagram to see more about them I think in the coming weeks. Yeah, definitely nice shameless self-promotion there. <laughs> <laughs> cool on that note thank you we will be right back with our second segment Xbox. Alrighty, welcome back to our second segment. We're heading into the land of the Xbox, in where a man in a green space suit has been floating around, and people have always been telling him, Finish the fight, Chief. Well, he's not going to finish the fight this year because his ass got pushed into 2021, but I still hope the Gizmo has some good <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, just <couldn't> <laughs> I just, I just see that big multi python
0: for just pushing. <laughs> Sorry, in. Sorry. Uh, uh, no, 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 But honestly, Xbox is. I think um, I'm gonna. Say, I'm gonna be honest with this. Xbox is really, really playing it well. They're playing the long game, which is a really smart thing to do. Their whole idea around. Game Pass and and X Cloud and gaming available on all platforms is a really smart one. Um, from a business point of view, they will make gazillions. Um, and and uh, now, I mean, they did the Bethesda takeover. They're they're kind of lacking in the games. But I, I've said this to you all. Like I think in two or three years' time, we will have this huge fight going on. And at, at the end of the day, the people that will win are not the companies, but the gamers. Um, so, without further ado, it's uh, the floor is yours, Gizmo. Thank you, Sean Templar. Um, so, um,
1: just to tell this outright, I don't play Halo.
0: Okay, then we just need to kick you off and find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll kick you into 2021 with your together. Why would you do that? He's a unique unicorn.
3: <laughs> He's someone who's not constantly going about first per- Wait, you... Okay, Does but this, I think first this first is a fun fact stuff?
0: that he needs to, that we need to go yeah. into. Just really quickly, I think he's the only person I have ever met in my life that ha- that gets motion sickness from playing first-person shooters. Oh, oh no, there are people that have that. Yeah, I or know, but, a but long I've never period. met one, and he is the only person I know <laughs> that has that. So when he first told me, like, get out of here. I was like, no, 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 I can't play first-person shooters for a long time. It gets me dizzy. Ah. I'm like, what? Yeah. Wait, have you tried VR? Yeah, I tried VR. I can do that
1: because the thing is, when I move my head, the the view moves with me, but with first-person oh, okay. shooter, it doesn't. And then my head goes like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> okay.
4: Oh, okay. So
1: that's why I, I don't play Halo. I ha- I have played it. Like I've played Halo 3 on multiplayer, but I'm not able to do that for longer than an hour or maybe one hour. So one and a half does that hours also top. mean that but Call
3: of Duty is also not on your list? Nope, nope. I've I think played that's Call
1: actually good because
0: he can give yeah. us a I've, unique perspective I've played
1: Call of Duty Black Ops multiplayer once in a while but then again not longer for one one and a half hours because then my, my head explodes and I really have to take I have to sit back and then play FIFA or something but <laughs> okay. um, yeah so uh, thank you for the intro about not having any first party games for the Xbox mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but my, my list does com- compile more or less about third-party games. And the one I want to kick off with is actually uh, a monolith game from uh, 2014 already. Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor.
0: Oh, I love that game.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was one of the... Uh, for me, it was one of the sleeper hits from the beginning beginnings of the current generations because, um, yeah, I love Lord of the Rings and and the trailers that they showed were already blowing my mind. And the whole idea of having a nemesis uh, system that was like, how how the hell are you going to do that? But that gave me a sense of purpose as soon as I died (laughs) to look for that specific orc. And kill this, uh, kill this orc again, so you can get more and more uh, more XP about it. But that that's the whole. That that was something I've never experienced before. Like looking specifically for one person that was not on the main uh, main story, but just somebody who killed you somewhere in in the past. And then when you, when you ran into that, when you see the, the the reaction are also built into the game, like. Uh, oh are you one of the reactions is, is something like oh are you back again for another kill and that was something that was so unheard of at that time and uh yeah i was
3: it's i was still pretty much completely... unheard of even
0: now yeah but yeah. that that's one of those i I've i said, know it's...
3: that there was recently a game that that came out i i sorry i'm flaking on the name but that game also has a kind of nemesis system in it and i think it's the first game ever to have it outside of you know, the Shadow of Mordor uh, games. Yeah, because
0: a lot of people were expecting this to be one of those features that gets copied into all sorts of games, but it, it didn't. That's kind of what made the game unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: um so that was one of the things that, that blew me away, like the Nemesis system, Lord of the Rings, and
0: uh, the combat was really nice as well. It was kind of that Arkham Knight, Arkham asylum yeah, style. It, I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a mix between uh, Assassin's Creed And the Arkham games, which is like, um, the flow was really Arkham series-like and the dodging was uh, as a screen. For me, it was like the perfect combo. And um, Monolith being a Warner Brothers studio had the, the expertise from Warner Brothers Montreal, of course, because they did Batman Arkham Origins. Uh, but the way they implemented the Dodge system from SS Greed was like perfect for me. Um, and yeah, so that is my, uh, it's a random uh, list. So that that's, that's okay. one of my five.
2: So um, if I can uh, one... so before you go to the second one, why uh, I, do you, are you mentioning Shadow of Mordor and not Shadow of War? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: that's a good one. Because I don't like
2: grinding. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It makes a good point there. Yeah, yeah I mean, that... I
3: haven't played, I haven't played it either. But I heard that that was not a that was not a fun time.
0: And Basically, I everything they did
3: it. that they thought was good, and then they threw the good stuff out the window. Yeah, but it's know, almost they're... at the
0: end of the game that the grinding happens, and there's no really clear explanation as to why you have the grind. But you do
1: have to do that because yeah. otherwise your ass gets kicked.
0: I stopped doing it. I eventually yeah. just quit doing it and I just looked up the ending on YouTube because I didn't feel like doing the grind.
1: Same for me. And and uh, graphically, they didn't improve that much because the first game was already very impressive when, mm-hmm. when you were put up on top of those, uh, uh, yeah, what was it called? Like those towers that you have to cleanse from, from uh, Sauron. You and, like
0: the Ubisoft towers to unlock the rest of the map.
1: Yes, that one.
0: <laughs> if, you, if you if you if you were on top of those towers
1: and you looked into the the uh to to the farther places of the map, it's like holy shit, that's impressive. And and mm-hmm. that's just still the same on Shadow of War. But um, yeah, I've I've put Shadow of War on this list because that was the first game that blew me away in that sense.
0: Um, I have the same thing.
1: And on to the next one is also one of... It was a game in the launch window from the Xbox One as well. And it's Sunset Overdrive. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, all I can say about this game is, is, is it's over the top. Uh, I think it's the last game Insomniac produced for a, a non-Sony console before it was
0: bought by Sony. That was, I think, the first gaming years that they made for a non-Sony console <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> and it was the Last one is <laughs> immediately, <laughs> but still.
3: Um, but no, they also had that submarine game that came out on PC. Did they? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: that submarine game, <laughs> the VR game. I think
3: they did no, it's some no, VR it's, stuff. It, it's, it's essentially an indie title because it was made, um, I think with one of the developers' kids who had an idea. And they and they basically tooled it and made it into a, I forget what the game's the name. Oh, that's nice. I did not know that. Yeah, it, it's I mean it's a really sweet game and it's very nice from what I heard. I I think I bought it but I haven't played it yet. Um, that's why I'm forgetting the name. It's also a couple of years ago, but they brought out like this small little indie title. So I it don't says here that they about.
0: made a an uh an Oculus Rift game called Edge of Nowhere, and it came out in 2016.
1: Huh. Okay, so it wasn't the last game for a non-Sony console.
0: Or Stormland. There's also a VR game that they made. Um, When when were they bought by Sony, by the way? Last year. Oh, this year or last year? Last year. Last year. Ah. Yeah. But
1: again, um, Sunset Overdrive, it was a really fun game to play. It was over the top, like you could not imagine. And the thing is, when I look back at the game, I really see uh, where Spider-Man got its um, traversing from. When you look at how uh, the main character moves from from A to B in Sunset Overdrive, it's not web slinging, but uh, when you when you jump, uh, you have ridiculous jump power in the game. So when you do that, you do have to find a way to. Uh, connect the next um, point to to grind off the rest of your, your travels in and that goes yeah that 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 has a sense of spider-man web slinging uh, features and uh yeah that, that was something i i did not think of after i've watched a few videos to to uh, yeah to remind myself of it and i played it again and i said holy shit it's it's really easy to get into it even though you've I haven't played it for years, but uh, it's really easy to uh, yeah get back into the game because it's it's uh, yeah you, the the uh, how do you call it like there there's no steep learning curve in that in that sense but, yeah yeah, and they kind of um, did
0: that for spider man as well because I went back to spider man two weeks ago and it it's been years since I played spider man and it just it's like exactly as you say I could just simply jump in. And swing around the city, and I could just just do my thing. I, I, I might not have been as well as as good as in it as a couple of years ago, but that's like if you put like an hour into it, you get that. But I know that that they've nailed that part.
1: Yeah, and that's really really special for for a game that like I've played it like in 2014 and and the last time 2015 is five years ago, and and booting it up and and, and playing it again is, and I think it's Yeah, you you need like 15 minutes to. Get a hold of the controls again, but then it's like a second nature again. Um, and uh, the whole game was like uber custom uh, customizable. So you can you, there there is little chance that the character you've built in that game will be found somewhere else uh, in someone else's game as well, because it, it you had to you could choose different colors, you could choose different masks. And you could even choose different weapons, and the way you use the weapons in your game would progress differently than somebody else using another set of weapons, because the the uh, weapon progression was also individually uh, tweaked. So that was that was something special, uh, especially for 2014. Um, but yeah, that that's my second game on the list.
0: Uh, Excellent. yeah a
3: little yeah a little quick thing I did a little quick search the game that I was talking about was song of the deep
0: is it also was, done by insomniac
3: yeah that was done by insomniac um okay. and I got the details a little bit wrong so I want to correct that before we move on um it was uh the chief creative officer uh, Brian hastings uh wanted to make a it was a passion project for him because he wanted to make a game where uh there was the lead character was a was a was a heroine so that his daughter could look up to that character and be like, you know, see, like she could, she could save, she could save the world too in her own unique way. Um, oh, that's sweet. That's nice. Yeah, it's really sweet. I mean, that one is also a multi-platform game. It came out in July 2016, so it came out for Windows PC, PlayStation 4, and uh, Xbox One. So yeah, also one of those Metroidvania games. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, at least I mean. Yeah, I mean, we're never gonna see any more Insomnia games appear on any other platforms except for PlayStation. But considering the pedigree that is there, um, I don't think yeah, that's, that's a really, really cool. bad thing,
4: though. Biased,
3: <laughs> 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 but yeah, at least uh, at least you got Sunset Overdrive out of it. And I always I always thought it well, it looked like a really fun, flashy game, which around that time when it came out it reminded me a lot of I'm sorry it reminded me a lot of Splatoon at the time because of because of all those uh those uh, soda zombies that explode yeah. <laughs> it,
1: it it was really a game that didn't think of itself like being super serious it was like a really fun game over the top and just have fun with it and um yeah uh, something that uh one of the videos I've watched again mentioned it was like breaking the fourth wall a lot of times during the game like uh, so the game starts out basically as you're a guy on a festival working uh picking up the garbage from the floor from all the festival goers and one of the missions in the game is you picking up garbage again for whatever reason and you you hear yourself saying like I started the game literally. I started the game, grab, picking up trash. I'm doing this again in the game, picking up trash. It doesn't seem I'm moving forward in any way. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's that's really something that uh, I don't see a lot of in games, like taking yourself not so serious
0: and and just play with the fourth I think ball and and Death being cool is maybe the only game that does that.
3: One of the few games that yeah. does it well. Yeah. But that that's
1: because impact. that pool, of course, itself is yeah, yeah, not adhering to having a fourth wall on there.
0: Yeah, I think there's it's the, already the funny thing is is that I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think the rights to Sunset Overdrive are owned by Insomniac themselves, because that's been a rumor that's been floating around for a while now. Is that um, Insomniac or Sony is going to stick it to Microsoft and make a Sunset Overdrive 2, which will be exclusive on PlayStation? Um, <laughs> that would be kind of ironic. I don't hope that they do it because then Microsoft might stick it to us and say, "Well, no, Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six for you guys." And those are a little bit bigger franchises, I think. But um, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's something I really
1: missed because um, the game itself is really fun, and um, when development progresses over the years with uh, the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four, of course. The developers get to know those consoles a little bit better, and I would have loved to see another Sunset Overdrive 2 or something in the same universe with the same sense of humor and and uh, yeah, immaturity, sort of say.
3: <laughs> well, considering the fact that Microsoft published the game, so I'm I'm pretty sure that they own the rights to the to the IP or at least the publishing rights to the IP. Um, unless they work out a deal, I don't think we're going to see a Sunset Overdrive two on PlayStation anytime soon. They could pull a From Software and do a Dark Souls because Demon's Souls is literally owned by Sony. That's why From Software could never make another Demon Souls again, and that's why they made Dark Souls with uh, Bandai Namco. So Bandai Namco, if I'm not mistaken, owns the Dark Souls. I P, and while well, sony owns Steam. so sony
1: should have come up with uh sundown medium drive
3: sunrise overdrive as long as they can get around the copyright for the game yeah i'm pretty sure they could do that if they want yeah. if they wanted to i i
0: when you look at insomnia it's like why not
4: like, I think yeah. they have
0: their hands full on, on both Spider Man 2, so not Miles Morales, but Spider Man 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Ratchet and Clank. And I I do kinda hope that this generation, same goes for Naughty Dog, that they'll just come up with new IPs instead of just continue on what they have. So who knows? I mean open oh, world yeah. games have been taking up a lot more uh space in, in gaming this generation more than ever.
1: Yeah, and, and Sunset Overdrive was in essence an open world game even though it wasn't a really big open world, it was an open world game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's my second game and on to my third game. Um, and that's kind of an indie platformer. Maybe you've heard of it Ori and the blind forest.
0: That game is really nice.
1: And um, yeah, it, I really, I really love the game. It's like, the first time I saw the trailers and, and I had the opportunity to play a demo uh, in advance before it was released on uh, the Microsoft Store, and I was like, "Holy shit, this this is a good game!" and and it feels so so fluid and everything. And um, yeah, the fact that the story also is very very I, I thought it was very well written, even though it's uh if you if you're very good at, at the game you can finish it in 3 or 4 hours which is an achievement like uh but yeah and the fact that everything was hand uh handcrafted in in all the animations were handcrafted uh gives it a a bit more appreciation for me like uh yeah w- when you see the background and and, and all the the details in in the game it's like you really feel the uh the weight of a person drawing that piece of wood or drawing that 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 background or, or anything it's like um yeah it, it blew me away how how good it it looked on screen and um the fact that there's no as in zelda there's no there's no talking there's no no conversation in the game but it's still uh it still managed to to um feel weighted when something terrible happened to the character or or something unexpected happened during the the story and that was really uh yeah i think it's it's a really strong uh component of the game. And luckily they had a sequel out, uh, Ori and the Will of Wisp, which continued on the same level when it comes to uh, storytelling. And again, every every image, every animation has been handcrafted by, by the developers as well.
0: I think the Xbox Series X version will run also at 120 FPS, right?
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and I cannot wait for that because uh, I really suck at platforming and maybe with 120 uh, maybe with I
3: FPS, don't think it's going to get better just because it's going to make you unsuck brain. or anything like that.
1: little less sucky. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 but, I'm i happy with a little less sucky. And, uh, okay, okay yeah. this
3: is a family-friendly podcast, man. Keep it hey, hey, we're not referring to anything strange here. I mean... <laughs>
4: well, what and, platform is uh, it available uh, on?
1: It is available uh, on Xbox and last year it was released on a Switch as well. I don't know if it's uh yeah. the second one both is on well, Switch. Yeah. And both Yeah. Yeah,
3: uh, yeah, yeah, they they released Will of the Wisps uh, 2 months ago and I think last month they put out the uh collector's edition as well.
0: So that the one And they released on
1: Steam games. as well.
0: Yeah. But it's not so. available on PlayStation? No. 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 Uh-huh. uh-huh
3: yeah this is one of those games that Microsoft and Nintendo you know had a handshake deal
0: on
4: so,
3: okay. you know, doing a handshake
0: three with three persons is kind and, of awkward uh, <laughs> hmm? what now a three way handshake is awkward sure um, um but yeah and oh
1: and yeah. not forgetting to mention the the soundtrack like as I mentioned there is no there's no dialogue in the game so the soundtrack has to carry the game and um yeah both in in the blind forest and will of the wisp um they nailed it like head on because uh yeah they use they use real orchestras to record all the soundtracks and and um that that really really adds a, a, another dimension to to the game as well so uh
3: the game has amazing atmosphere
1: yeah definitely yeah.
3: i i played the the demo on on my switch uh for for uh blind forest when that game came out and i'm like wow this is i'm i'm still surprised that the game is running on switch as smooth as it is and they and i know that that digital foundry did a piece on how they ported because they did the port work themselves they didn't do it was one well, of like a, a port studio that did it they did it themselves and they want they made a f conscientious effort into doing the port themselves so that they know that the game will run as best as it can on switch so you know kudos to that kudos to Microsoft allowing allowing them to do that uh, i know they're an indie developer um and and they did honestly, announce
1: a new t- they they did announce they are working on a new i p so i cannot wait for oh. moon studios to show us what they're working on because if if it's going to be the same quality as ori and it's it's going to be uh it's going to be
3: they've proven themselves three times over at this point so yeah
4: yeah
3: i'm curious about that i'm I'm curious to see how how that is uh gonna turn out so
1: uh robin you do have an xbox i know you only put it up like once every
2: seven years once every three years (laughs) no why did you buy it (laughs) um the reason i bought it was the same reason i only powered on every three years um but i'm kind of guessing that uh gizmo you're you're referring to the game you're going to be mentioning next probably okay Um, the reason yeah the reason i bought a an xbox series I uh, no, Xbox yeah. I bought an, an Xbox One. I, I bought Xbox <laughs> One S back in 2016, and the reason for that was Gears 4. And the reason I powered on my um, Xbox uh, One S last year again was for Gears 5. I, I basically have a a, a, a Gears a gear box. box. A Gears box.
4: <laughs> no, that's, Gears
2: box that's 1S. <laughs> The Gears
0: yeah. box Series X. Oh,
1: man. Yeah, that's going to be uh, Robin's uh, nameplate. Like, are, are, you gonna get a,
0: are you going to get a Series X for uh, Gears, uh, Robin?
2: Um, Gears 6? Well, I <laughs> I tried to talk this over at home, and I said uh, to my wife, well, <laughs> um, I, I think I want to get an, a, a, a Series X as well. And she said, well, how many games did you play on your Xbox One S? And I said, well, two, actually um so but i, I i'm, I'm kind of guessing that the the next generation is going to be different but i won't be getting one at launch i know okay. that but maybe by the time uh gear six turns out um i might get one maybe you can call or, it or you could just play it on XCloud. that's an option as well you're right yeah yeah but you have to buy an android phone
1: for
3: that
2: <laughs> oh
0: maybe they'll go well, to maybe by that time and, uh, well maybe by available. that time
3: they'll have a the a web version uh available
1: but they are working on a web version and there are developers already having xcloud working on an iphone and an ipad but it's still not the same as... it would also
0: be nice if they got it working on pc are yeah, but that that's why they would say hey you have a you can use game pass for pc yeah, why 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 would why, why do you want to use Well, not everybody has an amazing rig to play it on. Cuz uh. if
3: they're going all ray tracing on us, ray tracing is not a cheap tech to invest in.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know, mm. unless
3: you buy a next-gen system, which if you haven't bought one already, mm. well, have fun and wait until
4: 2021.
3: Uh. <laughs> Gizmo's most all excited. Yes, I'm so excited. Tuesday, can't
0: wait. <laughs> we'll probably tackle the mailman before the mailman can even get into reach.
1: As soon as I see the the, the, the van, van, I'll like sprint outside like, <laughs> you're here, get out. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to open up the door myself.
3: <laughs> I think the, the postal worker is just going to screech away. because. He's
1: not, I think no, I think they're going to have, like, the weirdest round on Tuesday. Like, my bus is filled with only one type of box. What the F is going on? And every time they open up the door, they see, like, a nerd opening. Oh, oh I see a pattern. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, considering you can't buy it anywhere in the stores, that's literally the only way you're going to get it. Yeah. Either that or pick it up in the store where you pre-ordered it. Yeah. So. So
0: two yeah. games so, left or three games left?
3: So the uh, game so your number so your number three or four game right. is what Gears four or five or both?
1: No no, no. My, my my number four game is Gears five. Okay. Gears five over four. Yeah, Gears five over four because uh, basically only because of one thing, and that is they stepped away from the Phoenix family.
3: Didn't they do that with Judgment? Wasn't Judgment somewhere? Yeah,
1: but Judgment isn't. Yeah, it's it's of course canon and it's it's a prequel, but wow. it's not it's not Gears one, two, three, and then Judgment is before one, then four, five, and Gears one, two, three, four all revolve around the Phoenix name. Like one, two, three is Marcus, four is JD, and Gears five. JD is there, but the main character is Kate Diaz, and because of that, I've
3: picked four. Uh, I picked five. A woman four. Cog, okay.
2: And, She's a, uh,
3: yeah, I, yeah. You, yes, you can tell. I have no race in the Gears series. <laughs> I've played. I've played one back in the day, like a little bit with uh, with my uh, with my buddy Prof, and like that's about it.
1: Uh, yeah, so um, that's that's why Gears 5
2: is my number four.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if I can uh, quickly add to Gears 4 then, because um, if I think about this generation for the Xbox, like I said, I've basically, basically played two games on my Xbox, uh, but Gears 4 really blew me away um, because I really like the fact that they stuck to the uh, Phoenix family and i really like the the way they it, it was kind of a soft reboot and they um uh, i know it's it's a new studio but this game went um i'm kind of a sucker for time uh, timescapes where a story is uh, you get a timescape and uh, you get new a new generation um and i really like those kinds of stories and i really like to see those old faces again in the game uh, and sorry about the spoilers for for you um uh, Maximilian, if you're ever going to be playing no, the it's game. Fine. But it, yeah, it's you fine. get all your famous characters back, but they're just older and it's um and there's this plot twist at the end of the game which really hooked me uh which is really, I am looking forward to the I was really looking forward to the to the next one. Um have they announced is it, it's going to be a trilogy or is it uh, have they No, I've they're going it, to have
1: a gear 6 but yes.
2: Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a series.
1: Trilogy. I don't know because okay. uh I don't think so because the story of KDS I don't see it being finished in just one game. No. So I do feel that they have to continue it a bit further than Gear Six or it has to be a game that's gonna be so long that has never been done in a gear
3: series, but No. I don't think But
2: there's always D L C Gears 3 ended at a really good point for the game. It, it basically ended the series, and they found a proper way to continue the story in Gears 4. Um, and it was really fun to see those characters return. And I'm... yeah. I'm, although, like I said, I've only played two games on my Xbox, Um, I have no regret buying an Xbox for those two games. I'll be uh, honest okay.
0: with you. I had an Xbox Series...
2: I had an <laughs> Xbox One S... Great naming, guys.
0: It, yeah. I mean <laughs> the guy that came up with that stuff, well, you get you need to get a raise, man, because anyways, I had a Xbox One S and I played Forza Horizon on it, and I played uh Rise Son of Rome on it, and those games were awesome, and, and then after that I really didn't touch it. Um so I kind of do understand why Robin is booting it up once in a while, but you know, there are some pretty good games out there. I don't know if everybody, anybody played Rise Son of Rome, but that game is just so awesome.
1: Yeah, it, Rise Son of Rome is like um, the Order 8086 from Amazon. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Really awesome, really good. But really like, beautiful. O- over in like you blink twice with your eyes gone.
0: Yep, yep. <sighs> I don't like how that's a theme. Uh, it's not a bad thing. I mean, the game was... Re- I mean, it's still... I saw it on PC the other day, and it just still looks amazing for a seven-year-old game.
3: Who Who was the developer on that again?
0: Crytek. Right, right,
1: right. Yeah, they do have oh. the name of putting out games that look really good for yeah. deals really that are not time. possible. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Gears 5. Yeah, that's that's my that's my fourth game. And, oh, and last uh, my last game is is uh, a, a little fun fact. I'm a huge Batman fan, <laughs> like oh, a don't huge know. <laughs> Batman fan. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this one could not be not on the list. So the last game in my uh, generation review is Batman Arkham Knight. Nice, because it was the it was the last it was the yeah, the ending of the arkham series and it was released on on the next gen at the moment and uh yeah it it i was so happy it was it was released and um yeah arkham city of starting with arkham asylum of course it was a great game uh but limited to just one location arkham asylum and then you had arkham city it was just a part of Gotham City, but it was already like, holy, how could you put so much content into a game? And then the next step was of course, release Batman in the entirety of Gotham City and that that in my opinion, they did that perfectly and and especially with with the with the Batmobile. And I know a lot of people hate on the fact that the Batmobile is
0: so in your face. Yeah, I don't like the did. controls of the Batmobile. I love the Batmobile, but the controls are really bad. I get yeah, that, but but does You does it to, feel have like
3: to... driving a tank or something?
0: Yeah, but that's yeah, that... really clunky.
3: Yeah, ah, but that's okay. the whole idea of this Batmobile. It's like
1: you have you have different Batmobiles, but this is like the 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 Batpod from the Dark Knight uh, trilogy. It's it's literally it's literally a tank. It would be weird for a tank to drive as smooth as a as a as
0: a sports car. But so. like there are missions in the game that force you to drive the Batmobile like it's a sports car, and then it it can't do it. I mean, there are a couple of missions in there that I couldn't do, or really really got annoyed at because of the the way that the Batmobile feels and drives, and that you had to jump over ramps and then had to make a turn and la la la, and then it's just like. I can't do it. I just couldn't do it. And I had to try it over and over and over again. And when I finished the game, I was like, oh my God, I don't have to touch this anymore. And it's literally been years since I haven't touched the game.
1: Well, I wasn't that annoyed with the Batmobile because okay, that's I really good. loved it. And I think I'm just one of the two people in the world who, who think that
3: way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's that's quite the exclusive club you got going there.
1: Uh, Gizmo. But, but again, um, I really love Batman Arkham Knight. Um, it's a great. But game. Uh, just to be honest, I didn't really, I didn't love it so much that I 240% did because that's a possibility.
3: That's a yeah, weird number.
1: Yeah. It's like um, if you 240% finish the game, you get a special bat suit and everything. It's like, it is a really cool bat suit, but you have to put in so much hours. I'm like, I already put in like sixty hours in the game. I'm not putting in more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the whole next gen feel for me was that Rock City was able to create a Gotham City with different boroughs, and each borough had his own uh, identity. Like get had a borough for the Penguin and uh, for the Poison Ivy. For Mr. Free So, and that was kind of awesome. Um, and yeah, for 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 now, I really really hope that Rock State is gonna do something great with the new game, uh, Suicide Squad. And um, Warner Bros. Montreal is doing something
0: Gotham with something Gotham Knights. Like yeah. Hmm? yeah.
1: But Gotham it's Nights. not gonna be in the same universe. Suicide Squad, move. yeah, but Suicide Squad will be in Arkham first. But the Gotham Knights is apart from it, so it's really like a soft reboot or something, which
2: is but weird I'm because sure I, I believe above. that the story in the Arkham um, uh, the, uh, Gotham Knight game is Batman is dead, and now yeah. they have to take up the mantle and defend the city. Yeah, where mm-hmm. um, uh, w- w- yeah, sorry for spoilers, but spoilers. This, that's basically the way the end um is of um. Arkham, Arkham Knight, um, yeah. so I thought that was the the one that's going to be a sequel. But it turns out that the Justice League one is if going to be set in the sense. same universe. Yeah, I, I really don't get why they do that. Yeah, yeah, but if well, you doesn't play he play die the game, under
3: different circumstances in
0: uh, in Gotham Knights, he f- kind of fakes his own death, at least that's what a lot of people think.
1: The in 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 Arkham, uh, yeah, Knight, I mean, the end is like he fakes his own death because the after credit scene. You see a new um, bat-like creature roaming the streets and and uh, beating up bad guys. Yeah. So uh, yeah, in that sense, the the Batman mythos has ended, but a new character has appeared. But it's probably Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And in Gotham Knights, um, the trailer shows that Bruce Wayne send, uh, sent sent uh, encrypted message to uh, Robin, of, like r- to Robin, Nightwing, Bad Girl, and the Red Hood on their uh, phones. Like, if this message is sent, I'm really dead. Yeah. But I yeah. Know,
3: I guess we'll see. We'll wait. We'll have to wait and see until that game. Yeah, coming yeah. um, out next
0: year, I think. But I'm really curious get- how,
1: how Warner Brothers Montreal is going to set up that game. But I'm more curious about how Rocksteady is gonna set up the Justice League or Suicide Squad kills the Justice League game.
2: Yeah, yeah, because they had like that game came out in 2015, so it's been five years, and they only just announced uh, their next game, and it's coming yeah. out in 2022. Yeah, so it's been seven years by then. Where uh, I think it, with uh, the uh, other ones, yeah, it yeah, only I think three they, years.
3: they didn't. I mean I I think that they were tooling around a lot of ideas because of rumor had it that they were also working on a Superman game mm-hmm. and odds odds are if they were working on a Superman game they were working on it for some time before it got axed and it became you know the Suicide Squad game probably um so so for that game to also be canon in the Arkham uh in in the in the Arkham universe makes sense in that regard, um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. Yep. Um, and considering that Batman is a part of the Justice League, which probably means that in that game, he's they either find out that he's still alive or something else. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm well, gonna... that's, yeah that's that's the great thing about not only the Batman uh, story arc but the whole. DC and and also Marvel. There are so many stories you can pick from. And if you just hint at certain storylines or certain arcs, uh, you'll get the fans excited. But it's really a matter of implementing those story arcs in such a way that it doesn't feel ripped off or or, uh, uh, like uh, quickly done, but very thought through. When it comes to building a universe, Rocksteady did did their job with the Arkham, Arkham games, so I have faith in them in continuing that in the Suicide Squad game as well.
0: Nice. I'm going to ask the question I asked um, you before, and maybe not all will be able to answer, but if I ejected you all into space and you got to play with a console and a game... What is this, Among Us? No. You're sus. Uh, <laughs> if you were, were left on a on a Halo ring and you could only play one game on Xbox, which game would it be? Oof, good
3: one. Um, from the past
4: generation.
0: Yep. Since it is the generation in review, I don't. Maybe you won't be able to answer it, but
3: I would.
0: <laughs> i would probably
3: say astroneer i know it's a third-party game but hey that's a good game um, i love astroneer yeah i love playing it on my pc um when i got it to run <laughs> <laughs> at the lowest setting possible hey actually, you can play See, that's X-Cloud. why i need xcloud on my pc yeah you can play it on xcloud yeah yeah i mean i can play it on geforce now but i have to buy it on steam first. Mm. um so Astroneer? Yeah, yeah, Astroneer. definitely. Uh okay. it's a fun game. Uh if you've played um Ah good grief. What's the what's the world building game again? Minecraft. Uh, Civilization. Yeah, if you've played like Minecraft no, not Civilization, that's a strategy game.
0: don't uh, no. World building. Yeah. No, world domination. China grow larger. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, UK, you you uh, you go build China, build grow larger in uh, three kingdoms, man. No, I I'm, I was talking indeed about uh, like Minecraft-esque, but way more fun because it's in space. Um, it's a fun it's a fun game. It's a fun time if you've played that or if you've played No Man's Sky, um, and you like the creative aspect in No Man's Sky, uh, I I'm pretty sure you're gonna love Astroneer. So yeah, I'd play that. Ironically, on a Halo ring.
0: Uh, Gizmo?
2: (laughs) I really have to get back onto
0: you. I'll give you uh, until Robin finishes. Yeah, I think I have an
2: answer for that. Um, I said I only played two games on my Xbox One S, but I got a few games when I got it. And so I'm I'm mainly referring to the new games. What I also got was um, the Halo Master Chief Collection. which I also played on my Xbox One S, but I placed all these games on the previous generation as well. So only the Gears ones are the newest ones. So I'm going to say with the, um, I'm going to go with the Halo Master Chief Collection, mainly because I'm on a Halo ring, like you said, and it's four games. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh,
0: And then we look at you again, Gizmo. What would it be? Yeah.
1: um, It can be a third-party game. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I think I'm going to go with... uh, Return to Arkham,
0: okay, that's nice, so you have the Arkham Asylum and the Arkham City games,
1: yeah, okay, because yeah. a big replay value and uh, yeah it's it's
0: Batman and Batman's good <laughs> <laughs> All right. cool, um I have another question, but I will do it after the end of the the upcoming segment because we might have to dive into a little bit deeper. So stick around, and we'll be back with our PlayStation segment, which I'm really looking forward to. Alrighty, welcome back to our third segment. But before we head into PlayStation Nation, we're still stuck in outer space, on the Halo Ring because uh Gizmo uh, we forgot to do his honorable mentions. So uh the floor is yours again Gizmo. I feel so honored
1: <laughs> <laughs> No thanks for for that uh Sean Templar. Uh my honorable honorable mentions. Wow difficult word. Um first Assassin's Creed Unity. It was the first next gen Assassin's Creed even though it had a lot of glitches I had a lot of fun with it. And um yeah, the teams at Ubisoft really managed to capture the, the setting of Paris during the revolution. So that's my first one. My second one is Evil Within. Even though I don't like horror movies, I do like horror games. And Evil Within was like mind-blowingly scary. Um, and uh, a second, uh, the third honorable mention is Valiant Hearts. A very small indie game. It was a World Uber War Shop. One game, right? Yeah, it was a World War One game. It wasn't. With the dog very, and the, yeah, yeah, it wasn't very long, but it was really, really well uh, produced and and written as well. Um, and yeah, that's it.
0: That's three, I think. You're at four. Yeah, that's that's three. Okay, <laughs> nice. But that's a good one. So Valiant Heart was a really good one. Yeah, I never played it, but I saw it at Ubisoft's E3 press conferences, and it really looked really nice and stylish. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
1: and especially when it it, it it's a theme that not a lot of developers touched upon, like World War One, and uh, and and the fun thing is it it had three different perspectives, like the Germans, the the British ones, and the French.
0: Nice,
3: enchanté.
0: Well, on that note, we are heading over to PlayStation Nation. Robin, (laughs) all eyes are on you. Please tell everybody why PlayStation was the best place to play this generation.
2: Hey. Okay. Watch it. here.
3: Switch has its own generation, so
0: shush.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but if you look at the last generation, um, and if you want to talk about a winner, uh, I'd say the PlayStation had a great generation this year. Uh, this year, this generation. Um, so I've got five games I want to share with you, and I've got 14 runner-ups, but we're not going to go through all of them.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> and, just,
2: that's how great it was. <laughs> yeah. So um, some of these are um, third-party titles. Some of them, or mostly of them, are actually um, first-party titles. And I want to start, and these are in random order, but I want to start with a uh, third-party title, which is kind of an indie game called firewatch and you guys featured it on um on uh, your instagram page as well and i love um, Firewatch. some people call this like um like a walking simulator but it doesn't do it justice it's it's so much more than that it's a really short game compared to most of the other one most of the other ones um just to, just if you look at the start of the game it, it opens um like an it's it's kind of a heartbreaking opening if, i'm not sure if you remember it it's uh this game is from 2016 so it's been a few years now but just like a dialogue um options you get and a short story is being told about a man and a uh, a woman who, who meet and fall in love and she ends up um uh, developing alzheimers and um how that impacts their relationship and then he moves on to um the game starts actually where he picks up a voluntary work to do some fire watching in the, in the early nineties. And that's where the game starts off. And it's, it's, the the game looks beautiful. It's, it's so beautifully designed by Ali Moss, who was the creative director for this game. Um, And he's an, he's an artist as well. And um, um, then there's the, the the characters itself. And it's, you get really attached to these characters, although you don't see them. Um, And that's supported by the great, great, voice actors, um, and the story itself is, is kind of a mystery, and I don't want to give that much away, but I do know quite a few people didn't really like the ending. Have you guys finished these, this game, Firewatch?
0: I haven't finished it. I started playing it again two weeks
2: ago, um, yeah. so I haven't finished it yet. Okay, it, I haven't it,
0: picked it up yet.
2: It's only like a four-hour game, if I remember. Um, so, in that case, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but the way I experience this, it's, it's mostly about Loneliness, that's what this um, this game is mostly about because you're on your own most of the time and the only companion you have is someone else who's in another watch t- uh, watch tower and you can only contact, contact them over the radio. And the way I played this game was, um, um, I was alone for a weekend. My my wife back then, girlfriend, she was off for a, for a study course in the UK for, for that week. And uh, I had the weekend off and I started playing the game in the morning and by about afternoon I finished the game and I felt so lonely. At, I could really um, get <laughs> why that really character relate. was so lonely at that time. It's, <laughs> it's, it was a really weird experience. But the, that was one of the things I, um, I still vividly remember from this this generation. So that's um, that's Firewatch. And still, Sean Temple, if you haven't finished the game, really do it. It's only like five hours or maybe four hours. Um, it's totally worth it.
0: I, I definitely intend on returning to it. I uh, I, I, I like as you said that the opening is so powerful that you can just, you get this really brief introduction and then you have to make two choices and you don't know what those choices will, will kind of reflect on or cause. So that's something I really liked it. Well, just the beginning alone in which you have to say like, okay, uh, are you going to get a dog or, or not? Or do you keep it or not? Or do you get angry at her because she was out late? Or do you just uh, pretend that nothing's going on? You know, those, those subtle ch- choices you can
2: make that just, Takes the story, you know, in a way. I, I like it, and it's only in the beginning of the game you do that. It's not yeah. like, yeah, it's it's. And I haven't even talked about the soundtrack yet. I completely forgot about that. Uh, that's also so good in this game. So on so many lo- different levels, it's a it's a really small team who developed it, and um, they did announce a new game, but unfortunately, it's been put on hold. It's called Valley of the Gods, and because it's been put on hold, because the studio has been basically um, absorbed by uh, Valve, and they mostly worked on. Um, Half-Life oh, Alex right. Yep man yeah, they did get absorbed I didn't
0: I didn't know until Robin told me 2 weeks ago Yeah
2: that
3: they got absorbed by Valve Yeah know?
0: because I was still waiting for Valley of the Gods I think I I kind of missed it but then he said no 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 they've been absorbed and they worked on Half-Life Alex I'm like oh wow that kind of flew under the
2: radar Yeah oh, so I'm this game came out in 2016 and they announced uh, Valley of the Gods in 2017 it was supposed to come out in 2019 but they uh, they were bought in 2019 and um yeah since then the project has been put on hold. Oh. Well that bites. So for the next one so number 2 is um I um I started to go through my um uh, in the new PlayStation app you can see which games you've played and which you own and I started to go through the history and this one was I completely forgot about this but how much it impacted me and that was Resident Evil 7. Oh my god. Yeah. This I don't game I
0: scary games. And, <laughs>
2: and yeah, this game is, is I, I, I like the franchise. I've played, um, I really like Resident Evil 4. I kind of like Resident Evil 5, but there was a reason I didn't play Resident Evil 6 because the, uh, the whole franchise was going into a different direction. And they kind of went back to basic with this one. It's a, it's like an old house, old ab- abandoned house. And it's a first person one. But what really stood out for me this for this one is we got VR this generation. We got proper VR on the PlayStation this one, uh, this generation, and I think Resident Evil Seven is the one that really proved that big, big party games can 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 um, and be can offer a really good experience in he VR. Played this in VR. Yes. Oh so it's so um, he has a whole set game, of new
1: trousers, though. Sorry?
2: (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna i was thinking about making a comment like that i'm like you know what i'm not gonna do it (laughs) i'm sure he
4: does
2: (laughs) no no it's it's this um the playstation vr part brought this game to a whole new level and i've played scary games before but not like this where uh, i've got footage still for from back when i played it and um and see my hat shake around <laughs> how, 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 how scary and how the how the the shock value is so great with this game and it's still if you don't have a VR um headset you can still play it it's still first person and it's nice that they went back to basic um but with the VR experience it's it's a whole different thing so if I look back at this generation that's uh that's that's new and I'm really looking forward to the new one as well because they haven't really announced yet if they are going to be supporting VR again on the on the next generation,
3: yeah. So, but is there in the PlayStation 5? Well, they
2: have mentioned
3: that they, that they 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 have mentioned recently that, in terms of a dedicated headset for the PlayStation 5, don't expect it to come out for at least two years. Um, they are making it available to get a free dongle for your place for your current PlayStation so you VR order, so that you or, can order it. Yeah, exactly. So that you can play PlayStation VR games on the PlayStation uh, Five, uh, from the PlayStation Four, of course. Um, but don't expect them to have a new headset out anytime soon, because they are. Even though they are all, they are essentially all in our VR. They noticed that the 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 player base was not there on PlayStation Four. I mean, they sold five million, but five million out of 100 million it's that the is the best like selling a very VR tiny... headset out there it is but even even that is not saying a lot because again even in the PC sphere considering that it's a very high end bar entry not just the headset but having the rig to play it on which is why you know the the quest the Oculus Questing is very appealing or at least it was until it required a Facebook account at that point you know We're digressing. (laughs) But the point is, I'm sure you can play Resident Evil uh, 7 on VR on your PlayStation 5. Just don't expect Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil Village 8 or whatever they want to call it um, to have that same experience on next gen. I really hope they do because...
1: um, It does immerse yourself in such a level that horror games would benefit so much from.
0: I remember seeing a video on IGN at the time when VR was just coming up this generation in which a guy was wearing a VR headset and he played, I think there was a Paranormal Activity game or at least a demo. And they had this montage of people playing VR games and then the guy playing Paranormal Activity, one moment he's just standing and he's kind of like, oh, we'll see about that. And then the the trailer moves on and then he's on the ground in a fetus position crying, saying, please make it stop. (laughs) When I saw that, I'm like, okay, I'm never trying harder on VR no, I don't think
1: I do love my I do love horror games but first person and then VR like you'll you'll be you'll, you'll be closed off from the world in such a way it's like I do are gonna have a new set of fans of that like
2: no there was way one moment there was one moment in the game where you're you're running from someone I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's this, there's this villain, you're running from them and uh, you're trying to hide somewhere. And what happens, you're, you, tr- are you 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 going to underneath the floor and you crawl underneath the floor and all of a sudden uh, your, your light goes out and you can hear, uh, and the, the, the surround effect is pretty good as well. As you can hear them walking around on top of the floor and then it stays black, stays dark. You can't see anything. And all of a sudden the light pops on she the, the enemy has as a as a candle and she's right in front of your face and that part is so immersive because with the 3d effect it's it's really close up yeah it's um oh my um, god yeah i yeah. would scream like a little girl like ah! <laughs> 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 yeah I, 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 I would say wait. I kind of did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there footage of that? Because we would love to see that. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. So what what happened was um, uh, we tried to save that footage, uh, but uh, we got so much that we pressed the share button twice in panic, oh, us- and then you know that it stops sharing it, and oh. then you lose the footage. So that's really ah, unfortunate. Too bad. <laughs> well, maybe in Russian evil village. Maybe, yeah. So number three, um, let's go back to 2018. And there was this game that came out called God of War. Boy. Boy. Ah, oh, I love that game. <laughs> I love that game so much. And this game shouldn't have been this good in so yeah. many different ways. Yeah. Um, when they ended the franchise basically with three and they did make uh, God of War Ascension, was it? Um, yeah. The studio could have just continued making God of War four, with basically the same mechanics, same setting. They could have just kept going, but they didn't. And they could have rebooted it, but they also didn't do that. Kind of a, I really hate the word soft reboot, but kind of that. So I really love the choice that they continued with the same character, but in a different setting. And at first, I, I really hated when um, actors got recasted, but they they. Uh, Got a, a really great voice actor. I I forgot his name, but um, he's from Stargate.
0: It's Yeah. Uh, from Stargate.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which uh, I was uh, watching uh, The Dark Knight Rises last week, and he he's got a small role in that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. That's, it. that's that guy. It's uh, yeah, really? it's Kratos.
0: <laughs> it's it's Kratos. Yeah. In um in in Stargate, he says indeed a lot. And there's this part in God of War that he says that as well. So
2: basically, make this montage real, which is indeed, indeed, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what I really liked is, like I said, is it's this game should not have been this good. So what happened was this kind of this franchise grew up with its fans, yep. and it's it's no more boobs and blood. There's an actual story they're telling, and I kind of grew up as well. So when I played God of the original God of Wars back in Back like in high school, that was fun, one of the most fun parts about that game. And I really enjoyed it back then. But, yeah, now I'm 30 years old and, and uh, <laughs> two years ago I was 28. It's, um, it's, it's different now. Um, I've grown up and the franchise has grown up as well. Um, and I'm, I'm on the verge of becoming a father right now um of a, of a small son and i really considered calling him boy because I'd really like to be able to uh, <laughs> come into his room and say, boy. Clean up your toys, something like that. <laughs> no, it's gonna be gonna be boy, but I can't promise I won't, does, does won't your sometime wife uh, call him boy. Boy.
3: <laughs> I want it's the second name. For that. You can
1: always use it as a second name. Yeah.
3: Like a nickname.
1: No, no, like, no. literally, like, her first name is, like, I don't know, um...
2: Robin Jr.? Ro- no, that's not... <laughs> Robin Boy Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but again, they could have cut so many corners short and and, and made a, a really easy sequel to the God of War franchise, um, but they, they did something with the, uh, with the material and, and took it to the next level. Um... Um, I really like uh, the lore they've added to it, uh, and it also got me really interested in the uh, uh, Norse mythology lore as well. I really recommend reading the um, book by Neil Gaiman, uh, uh, Norse Mythology. Uh, It kind of explains how the image we have of uh, the Norse gods, like mainly Thor, it's it's, like Neil Gaiman said, or like Corey Barlock, the the game director, said – Thor isn't a, a a server dude who's friendly. This <laughs> no, is a really bad dude. Um and I'm I'm really looking forward to the sequel one because at the end of um, God of War he um kind of makes a cameo. Um so um I'm really looking forward to where that franchise is going. But if you look at the game itself, the the the, the axe mechanics felt so good. They spent a lot of time in perfecting that and yeah. it's so much fun yeah, to just throw the axe. Pull it back and call it back. Yeah. yeah, and and they they did that so well. And the other small and, parts, like these moments where you're just rowing in your boat and is telling a story. Um, I love that, Mamir. Yeah, he's so funny. I love yeah. the
1: details with with the with the axe. You you see the axe being thrown and it gets stuck in 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 the wall or in the tree. And as yeah. soon as you you call it back, you see the 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 shattering from from that surface, like. From the sheer force of the axe being pulled
2: back. Like
1: that was so awesome. But but
2: Yeah, can you imagine can you imagine what the dual sense control will play in that? How that will feel. I've heard the stories. I haven't played the dual sense yet, of course, but I've heard so many great stories about how how that controller feels. Can you imagine what it will feel like to catch that axe again with that controller? I think that'd be pretty cool. I
1: wonder I wonder if they would do it like God of War is of course part of the PlayStation Plus collection. I don't think they were mm. going to utilize the dual sense in the backwards mm. compatibility version, but I'm really looking forward to Ragnarok. Yeah. Or the working title of the next Yeah. Game.
2: Yeah, I'm not talking about the current one. I'm talking about the sequel. They're going to do something really amazing with that, I'm yeah. I'm sure of that. My only fear
0: is, is that game will be pushed next year because for some reason think, it's been it's it, when the game if the game comes out next year it will have been three years since they've yes. worked on the game, which is like basically an average development time now, two or three years. But I still have this feeling somewhere, there's this little voice in my head saying, yeah, they're going to push it because Sony has pushed their their major games in the last few years multiple times just to make sure that it's, it's good. And I mean, if they push it, I, I'll be happy for it because we know we'll get a good product because of it. It's Are just that more like you're looking forward to and Horizon Forbidden West and God of War, which is like two pretty heavyweight titles coming out in the same year, it almost sounds too good to be true. And Santa Monica has a reputation of delaying their games. Yeah, so that's what happened to The Last of Us 2 and to Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Omar, uh, Omar, you want to say something? Yeah, are you happy that they push it? Because
1: I can understand you won't be happy
0: about Cyberpunk. Yeah, let me put it this way. Um... I I hope Cyberpunk will come out this year. Um, I think that the issue that we have is that Cyberpunk's been pushed four times in a year, whereas um, with God of War you'll know that they'll push it once and then hopefully bring it out. Maybe twice. Yeah, but like yeah, true. yeah. I
1: think I think the the chances that a studio will pull off a stunt like uh, CD Projekt Red did with Cyberpunk is
0: I think that's unique out of the that's, question. That's it's not something it's, it's that happen. Yeah. Like
1: once is understandable, twice is okay, but four times is like you really have to have good reasons to push a game four times in a year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And it's gonna be a great game, probably. Unfortunately, it's first person. So I'm not gonna play it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad.
3: Yeah. Um. And a little thing. Um. The the new voice actor for Kratos is uh, Christopher Judge. Uh-huh, yeah. ah yes
0: indeed boy <laughs> boy okay. you should have known that boy i loved how they did that at the game awards that they had to give an award and then uh, the voice <laughs> actor for atreus kind of forced that moment and he said boy and then he read out who the, yeah. the winner was
2: <laughs> read it boy <laughs> okay so number four then um this is a game that came out in 2015. And just to put things in perspective, how I experienced this, this was a game that got pretty good reviews. I'm not specifically not calling the name yet, but this game was a game that got pretty good reviews. Um, and um, I, I talked to my uh, um, oh, back then girlfriend, now my wife. She, she, she heard really good things about this game um, and thought, you know what, I'm going to buy it for him. And just to put things in perspective, she was just about to finish um, um, a college, and she didn't have a job yet. She barely had any money, and she took the effort to buy this game. And this game was Bloodborne.
0: Oh, she got I this
2: for me you. as a surprise, <laughs> and I played okay, it. Okay, that's why it's special to you. And I hated it. Wait, what? <laughs> what? I hated this game. Twist. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I got this game from her, and I hated it so much. It was so difficult, and it didn't look that nice. The style was pretty good, but it didn't look that nice, and it was so difficult, and nothing was explained. So this was my first Soulsborne title, but the reason I got it as a gift and it forced me to continue playing the game. And I'm sure if I hadn't gotten it this way, and I got it like in PlayStation Plus, I would have never forced myself to continue playing it. And after Maybe about about a few days something clicked. this game clicked with me, and I got it and um i I started understanding the combat but what mostly um it what mostly did it for me is it brought me kind of back to my younger years of game experience so back then um i wasn't maybe i should have been about four or five years old when I got my first game console, which was game boy and a few months later i after that i got a, a an n e s and back Spoiled. then games were Pretty, pretty difficult, um, and I couldn't read. I could barely could even read English, and I had to try and do things and figure it out out by trial and error. And that's what happened in this, this game as well. Is nothing's explained to you. You just start and you get killed off immediately, probably by the first <laughs> enemy. And you try again and you try again, and then because you don't have any weapons, for ex- for example, you only get your weapons after you die the first time. Um, nothing's explained, but you have to do things through trial and error the other thing that clicked for me was eventually i discovered that the world is interconnected and there it's so well interconnected you're um, going th- you're you're passing along a gate which is locked and you can't, th- can't go through it um, and after like uh, a few days of playing you figure out that you end up at the other side of the gate and there's a lever you can open the gate and it's all interconnected oh my god this I've been in the same area all this time where I've been a few days ago. it's That's also the reason why this game doesn't have a map system, where many modern games have a map system. You can see where you where you are, where you have to go next. And that's one of the things I hated about the game initially. I didn't know where to go. And I get kept getting killed all the time. And uh, the combat itself eventually clicked with me. And that's when I started to look into it more and also discovered there's a huge... Um, hidden lore behind it there are these uh, YouTube channels that are just mainly successful by analyzing all the uh, item descriptions and trying to tell the, the hidden lore in this game um, it's um, yeah I'd, I'd really recommend playing this game but really, really force yourself to get into it and I'm really happy to ex- have experienced it as, uh, in this generation cool I don't know if I'll I'm, ever I'm play those games. Forward to
1: games. playing it.
0: Oh, sorry. John Templar? I, I, I honestly don't know if I'm gonna play these games because I've I played the original Demon Souls on the PS3 and it mm. just I hated it as as Robin just said. But seeing, for example, Demon Souls on the PS5, it, oh it kind of so got me excited. I don't know why. Whereas I know, like, okay, because it's pretty. I think that's the reason because it's buttery smooth, 60 FPS, and you see him just running around. Writing is
1: amazing. Looks beautiful. Put yourself die in 60 frames per second. Yeah, I'm
0: afraid (laughs) I'm gonna put 80 bucks on this game and not play it. But at the same time, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe I need to buy it and I need to force myself to play this game, no matter what. I kind of need to plow through. And then maybe just like Robin explained, I will like it because I know that a lot of people are hoping for a Bloodborne 2 and also a update to Bloodborne, making it run better on the PS5. Maybe it will through the PS Plus collection. I, I think, I think I, it's going to run gonna well be through the PS Plus mm-hmm.
3: collection because, there are, because um, there are games that run like ridiculously smoother. Yeah, but the game has a capped frame rate of 30 uh, FPS. Then it'll run smooth on 30 frames. But you As long have as it runs time. smooth, that's the whole thing. Yeah, it's the, it's the smoothness that's lacking sometimes in certain yeah. areas. The, the, the thing I'm looking forward to the most for the next gen is like
1: the disappearance of loading times. Like when you when you fast travel in, for instance, uh, Assassin's Creed, that you you push the button like I want to go there, and you don't have to wait and see uh, your character move in, in, in the void of the Animus, but you just press I want to go there, and you're there in an instant. And that's something
3: I'm le- looking forward to in, in the next gen.
0: Take a lot of our time.
3: So Robin, um, after Bloodborne,
2: have you gone back to any other Souls game? No, the year after that, uh, Dark Souls 3 came out, and one of the benefits that Bloodborne had which the other two prequels to Dark Souls three didn't was there was this mechanic where if you um, get hit and take damage and you hit someone back immediately you restore kind of some health so it's really it's a really aggressive game bloodborne compared to the other ones are I did also play Dark Souls three after it but what I've heard from people is that they don't recommend playing Dark Souls one and two because they have that old mechanic where it's most less aimed at attacking and more about defensing and dodging. Um, what I did play was uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is kind of in my runner-up list because I've been hoping for a Bloodborne sequel for a really long time, but it's really apparent to me now that Chrome Software um, has gone has exceeded Bloodborne now, and they're, they're going to go to something different, and that's what Sekiro ended up being. It's a completely different game, but it still it's got some of the few... Um, tricks of their other games, where uh, some of the world is interconnected, uh, the way the story is told, but the combat is so much more fluid. Um, And I think that they're moving on from that as well to Elden Ring, which we don't know anything about yet, Uh, but it's really clear that they're not going to be doing any Bloodborne sequel. Um, Really unfortunate, but they're going to make something new and more modern as well. I think the only reason why Bloodborne exists
3: is because Sony wanted another exclusive, and they knew that they probably couldn't get them to do uh, Demon's Souls two. So the next best thing was Bloodborne.
0: Uh, I did it. Paid off because a lot of people love the game.
2: Yeah, yeah. So my number five then is another 2018 game, and this has been so. Where God of War was basically the best game of that year, in my opinion. Um game i had the most fun with was 2018 spider-man oh. that game yeah that game <laughs> yeah. um i loved the spider-man 2 game on the playstation 2 there was a movie tie-in game in 20, 2004 for the spider-man 2 movie up until that point the best swinging mechanics of any spider-man game. exactly it was the first open world spider-man game you could swing to through new york don't play this game again. Don't play the t- 2004 no. one because it looks horrible. It plays horrible. <laughs> I remember it being so beautiful, but it's it's horrible to look at nowadays. Uh, it's, after it's... that, there was a small game from Activision.
1: Spider-Man was... Shattered Shatter Dimensions. It was yeah. a really good Spider-Man game. Yeah. But, but it wasn't never... an open world, but it was a really good Spider-Man game as well.
2: Yeah. The The part i liked like the most about the uh, spider-man 2 one was was it was open world and you could pick up missions and do those sorts of things um and that's what this game did i was really hoping for it but it's kind of a combination of the arkham games and the spider-man 2 game from the uh, playstation 2 and they they took the best Mm -hmm. parts of all uh, those those two games um the way the fighting works and the, the game looks amazing it plays amazing um I really like this iteration of the characters and the story. Uh, it does a few things the same. It does a few things differently. If you're familiar with the Spider-Man storylines. Um, but what I like the most is how easy it is to pick up and just, like you said, Sean Templer, just pick up the game and start swinging start swinging through the city. And it feels it's so, so easy to pick really up and it feels so good. Swinging. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it feels so good.
2: So what I did was um, I platinumed this game. That's often what I do with games I really enjoy. I platinumed it, and there was nothing left for me to do. Then later in 2018, they um, released three uh, story DLCs, which just added more things. They didn't do anything new, but they just added more story. New missions to do, more swinging. That's basically it. And I couldn't ask for anything else. But I finished that as well. So there was no reason for me to play the game anymore then in 2019 during the release um, of spider-man far from home they added a new suit and they also added an option where you could earn new trophies by completing the game again in new game plus and doing it on hard difficulty or i I believe it's extreme difficulty so i did those things again and now i'm at a point where i can't do anything else in the game i finished it three times did all the trophies there's nothing i could do but luckily for me there is a uh, remaster coming out on the PlayStation 5 where I can do all of this all over again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're a really no, dedicated no Spider-Man fan. No! Yeah. I mean, I'm so going to awesome. do it as well. I'm, I've been holding off on playing Spider-Man, and um, I, I, when I heard the remaster was coming out, I'm like, okay, I just need to play a little bit more, and then I can mm-hmm. just platinum that game and experience it all over again. I finally got to
2: play again.
1: Spider-Man was the only reason I got a PlayStation. I have the special edition PlayStation four pro sitting in my cabinet. the red one the red one my ex girlfriend really hated it because it was red. I was like <laughs> it is f- it's red it's awesome it's spider man, but yeah, uh my favorite comic book character after Batman is is spider man and there were there were two moments in the last gen that I wanted to buy a PlayStation. The first one is the Batman Arkham. Limited edition. I was like, that one, that was a silver one with with the silhouette of the Batman on the side. It was like that was a really great one to have, but uh, it was just a PlayStation 4, and I already ordered for the Xbox One. And but then the Spider-Man version was uh, Spider-Man 2018 was announced. I was like, okay, I, I'm gonna have, I need to have the special edition game and the special edition console for that. So both of those are in my cabinet right now. And I cannot wait for the PlayStation 5 with Miles Morales and Remastered.
2: Oh, nice. This game um, didn't do anything new, but everything it did, it did so well. Um, and I, I again, like I said, there isn't any other word I can describe it as. So much fun. Um, that's basically it. Sim- I actually bought it twice. I now realize what I did is I got the limited edition with the steelbook and um, uh, the, the card box around it which is really nice. But in other countries, they released a, a different version of the Steelbook, which had a really nice design on it. So I found one on oh, the internet no. and I bought that one as well. So I have two copies of this game and two Steelbooks of this game. It, uh, <laughs> it I only have the red Steelbook,
1: nice? like the, the standard one
0: from the, the limited edition or collector's edition. Nice. But you also have the red PS4 PS4 with the controller. The controller looks really nice. Yeah, true.
2: It's almost like
0: like me supporting Sleeping Dogs. I bought that game on the PS3, on the PS4, and on the PC. (laughs) 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 I don't know why I just did it.
3: Oh, good. I thought he was going to say it like the amount of 3DSs that I bought in the past.
0: Oh, man. Do we want to know? No, yeah. <laughs> your uh, your runner-up I I list, uh, Robin. Before. Uh, yeah,
2: before no, but, one of fourteen. Uh, yeah, one <laughs> of fourteen. Um, no, there are a few honorable mentions, uh, but there is one I have to call out. Is is um, I'm not still not sure why it's not on my list, but I really loved Titanfall 2. Oh uh, my god, the most
0: underrated single-player game of this yes. generation.
2: I love that game. Thank you. <laughs> That is definitely why I love that game. That single player is kind of short, but that's the best part of the game. The multiplayer is really fun as well. But that single, I, Titanfall came out as an exclusive for the Xbox, of course, and I could have played yeah. it on that, but it didn't have a single player campaign. Um, and this one did, and it's so well done. Oh, um, so the good. characters are really likeable. Respawn did it right. Uh, mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. yeah. respawn the the guys who re- originally made um, Modern Warfare One and Two, and the older Call of Duty ones. And wow. the originators of Medal of Honor. Uh right. Assault, yeah. yeah. So I should mention that one as well. It's um, uh, so much fun with that game. Um, Really hope they ever make a sequel, which they probably won't because Apex Legends. I think
0: Legends. they did mention that EA or, or Respawn mentioned last year or this year that there is more in store in the Titanfall universe. And it's not a universe that they're ready to say goodbye to. And it's nothing related to Apex Legends. Well,
3: okay. Yeah, because I was about to say that and, and, Legends yeah. is technically part of that universe.
0: Yeah, but it's it's some they they vaguely hinted at a Titanfall three. Okay.
2: So I mean, strong. EA has to because they
0: barely brought out any good games this generation. So <laughs> well, Jedi Fallen in Order. Yeah, but, like, game, you can, you yeah, can, count. like, a game. There's a question I'm going to ask in the end that kind of ties into this, so I will try not to go into it, but it
2: will, I will tie into it when, when we're done with Robin's List. Yeah, so the other ones I have to mention, otherwise, I'll get Slack for that. Um, is uh, <laughs> I'm Horizon, looking at you Zero,
0: right
2: now. Horizon Zero Dawn that's one that came out. Uh, yeah. I really like that game as well, it's an exclusive. Um, the the reason it kind of sticks out is is um, that developer never made that kind of game and it's, um uh, and they announced the sequel of course um, really a good new franchise um, the Wretch and, and Clank game, sorry and Dutch Dutch and developed Dutch.
0: yeah
2: the Wretch um, and the Clank remake is also mentionable because that's basically the best remake that's ever made um, it looks like a Pixar animation movie so nice. Yeah, especially the new one. That's Oh man. Ray tracing. Oh. Finally the um uh the Naughty Dog games like Uncharted Four, Thieves End, and then the surprise uh DLC, no not DLC, but ex- kind of expansion, uh The Lost Legacy that came out a year later after that. Um and of course I should mention Last of Us Part Two, but I think we've discussed that in the <laughs> in-depth in the spoiler <laughs> cast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one final thing is um, A Way Out, kind of a small game oh, by nice. EA, but yeah. that was oh, really, a yeah. um, really special experience explained that um, uh, that multiplayer game. it's only a, You can only play it with two people. You can't play it on your own.
0: You so, know what was surprising yeah. about that game? And I, I was surprised EA did that, and it was such a cool thing to do. But if you wanted to play that game with someone else and you were not on the same couch, because it it's meant as a couch co-op game, The other person could just download the demo from the PlayStation store. It would be the full game. And then all you had to do is send that person an invite. And then they could play the whole game co-op with you. They wouldn't have to buy the game. That was so, 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 so awesome.
1: So out of character for you.
0: Yeah, I I did not expect it when EA came up with that. We should do that, uh, Sean. Yeah, I have the game. Do you have have it on PlayStation? Yeah, yeah, I finished it with with a colleague of ours. Who rarely plays games. And he said, like, yeah, yeah, the no, way out looks really nice. So we should try it. And look, like, yeah, sure, I bought it. And then we just played it. It was really nice. He, uh, I still make fun uh, of it because uh, there are some choices you have to make in a game. And I still sometimes make fun of the choices he made in the game. So
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I want to try that one as well.
2: So, uh, yeah, sure. Robin? Um, sure yeah I haven't platinumed it so uh, I still got a few choices oh, oh my
0: are those the runner ups good list yeah, uh, yeah. I'm uh, going to mention this one because you didn't mention it and I'm, I'm going to say you should be ashamed of the, the the thing you threw at me you said about this game is it worth 60 bucks and I thought is it worth 60 bucks? Of course, this game is worth 60 bucks. And that is, of course, Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, it came out this year and you said, oh, I don't know I don't know if I'm going to buy it. I don't know if it's worth 60 bucks.
2: like, what the hell are you talking about? Worth 60 bucks. I'm, that I'm game sorry is so say, awesome. I'm sorry to say, I still haven't played it yet. I'm, oh my uh, God. You know what? I, I Did you I, pick I finish it up or it? not? I don't think, do you have it? No, I don't. Okay, so oh, okay. since
0: I'm going to buy a digital version of the PS5, I won't have any use for it. So the next time I see you, I'll lend it to you so you can at least sure. play it and and see why it's worth $60. bucks. i
2: will try it on my PlayStation 5 in two weeks.
0: In 4K 60, uh, yeah. Nice. Is it going to get the upgrade? It's going to be forward compatible, so it's going to run at a dynamic 4K resolution at 60 FPS. Smooth.
3: It's basically running in PlayStation 4 mode. Uh 4 Pro mode. Well, but, but I think you know, it
0: it hits the 4K more more than... There's a comparison on GameSpot I saw yesterday in which they have both the 4 Pro version and the, the PS5 version running simultaneously, and you can see a lot of differences in it. So it's really nice. I'm thinking if, if yeah, there are some games that, that didn't make the cut, such as Days Gone, which I believe is one of the most underrated PS4 games this generation. Uh, did you play it, Rob? No, nope, didn't. Uh, I'll have to lend that to you as well. <laughs> uh, but that, or it's in a PS5 collection, You can a uh, PlayStation Plus collection, you can play it. I mean, that, that game was also awesome. Um,
1: that, that's funny, by the way. Sony's going to release 20 games for the PlayStation Plus collection. On a yeah. console only with 600 gigs free for, for games. You just had to go there.
0: on that note I will ask the burning questions that I have before I do something to you Gizmo (laughs) say we are stuck in the world of God of War and Kratos is out and he said boy finish that game which game would you pick and play if there's only one game you can play
3: Persona 5 mostly because I haven't played it yet so how can you play a game you haven't played it? You know, how do you know if it's good because or not? It's something that I want to play, and I know it's good because it's flipping Persona. Okay, They're all good games. And, and the, only reason I, the only reason I haven't di- dived into it is because I want it for the Switch, and the rumors are coming back about there possibly being a Switch oh. version of Persona 5 Royal, and it's driving me insane, and I just want to play the game. I want to be able to play it like... Anywhere I go. I mean, I know that I can play it on my PlayStation 4, but uh, I, I don't want to be tethered. That was the fun thing about playing Persona 4 Golden on the Vita. It's why I got it on the Vita. It's why I got it on the Vita before I even had a Vita. Okay. It's so that I could play it anywhere because I played Persona 4 on the PlayStation 2, and I loved that game, but being tethered to the screen was really annoying.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. That's the can whole I idea that? of game consoles, right? <laughs> Well, Sorry. Nintendo's kind of challenging that idea, so. Yeah. So, gizmo for you? Ooh, when it comes to places,
1: I think
0: Uncharted, the oh, collection. Oh, nice choice. I like Uncharted.
2: And you were going for that
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: Hands down, Spider Man. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. No, I was yeah, expecting I can... Bloodborne.
2: Yeah, because I put it on my list twice, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Bloodborne's got a special place in my heart. Uh, but if I look at uh, the game I had most fun with, that's definitely Spider-Man. Okay. Nice. Yeah, uh, I thought
0: so. Well, well, well no, so, soon, because uh, Miles Morales is coming out within a few days, So, uh, and Reeve is already up, and it's pretty waving. uh, it's, it's raving, an- uh <laughs> Yeah. The reviews are really good. Yeah. Yeah, for a lost 10, legacy type kind of game. But it's
1: it's 8 to 10 hours if you do the main theme, the main yeah. story
0: and then if exploring yeah, but if, it, if it's like it's, it's good. a good 8 to 10 hours, why not? And yeah, if you want to platinum just it's going to be like 15. and then you have like exploration there. Yeah. So you can, yeah, you can or bump it up to 20. Yeah, you can play the remastered version if you like. Yeah. So, I have Three, maybe four questions, which is kind of like a bonus round we're gonna, we could do right now. Um, this generation introduced two things that weren't really present in previous generations, and one there was a for one there was a pretty big deal out of it, which I still don't agree with. But um, I'll start with the first one, which is we got a lot of games that were called live games or games as a service. So we saw games such as a Destiny, a a the Vision, a Rainbow okay. Succeed. So basically. When the game comes out, it doesn't end there. It just gets support. I mean, season passes were some things that we saw on the PS3, but what we see now is, is that games get multiple year passes. Uh, the Ubisoft games do this. Um, the the Call of Duty and the Fortnite games take it even further by doing a monthly battle pass, as they call it. Um, What are your thoughts on this type of... um? experience to put it that way I mean for example I like the Ubisoft games and with some I have bought the season pass um, just because I like the the games that they've put out there but I don't know what you guys think about it
2: Yeah, I mostly oh. don't play these sorts of games but um, the reason for that is that it often doesn't work out they want to um, just look at the Avengers game they had a plan and Uh-oh. that's what you often see with these sorts of games um, and they, the the fun aspect is held back by parts of it being a service and like the grinding part. Um, so it can be done and it can be a lot of fun, but it's um, it's really hard to pull off. I think we saw that with Star
0: Wars Battlefront the day before the game came out. It had this huge, um, I wouldn't say controversy, but the whole loot boxes, diamonds, fiasco. So it was good to revert that. I see your mouth moving, Maximilian, but I don't hear anything. Yeah, dang it! Sorry, <laughs> it that was like a was mime. You? Like, oh, read my, read my lips. What am I saying? First word no, sounds no, like. I was,
3: no, I was saying. I was saying that's microtransactions. That's not like a live service thing. And I, I do feel like we have to make that distinction because, like, loot boxes stuff is just poison. You know that. That's why, you know, stuff like Ultimate Team and stuff like that. You know that it can uh, take a very long walk of a extremely short pair, in my opinion, because um, it doesn't. To me, it doesn't add gameplay. It just adds a system that can be very addictive, and I'm not. It's basically
0: with that. gambling. That's why it's forbidden.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Um, but live games. I'm kind of torn on it. It depends on how you execute it, because you know, pour one out for uh, anthem um that was one where they the, the, the that was one that was just the, the, had like the most saddest game development uh, i think i've ever heard um, <laughs> and you know that had an impact on how it's working and the same thing goes for um marvel's avengers where the problem is with both those well with anthem is what was more gameplay more than anything but with Uh, With Avengers is that they're piecemealing it in a way that doesn't make it fun and which is really ironic because the single player aspect of it was really good. People really liked the single player um, aspect of uh, Marvel's Avengers Um, especially because it was from the perspective of Kamala Khan aka Ms. Marvel, uh, one of my personal favorite uh, Marvel uh, characters, Marvel heroes and it's It is a shame that after that, the multiplayer stuff is just so poorly balanced, not fun, samey. But then you go to something like The Division 2, where, yeah, you do have these random occurrences in the world. But there's still a structure to follow if you want to follow the structure. It's the same reason why um, Breath of the Wild was fun. It's the same reason why uh, uh, The Division 2 is fun, is that you can build that progression and you get better at the game. And the fun part is with, you know, with uh, The Division 2 is that you can play with other people. And you can either play with your friends, you can, um, you can call out an SOS and have other people come and help you, which is a really cool feature. Uh, if you look at Monster Hunter World, it's also a similar kind of aspect. But Monster Hunter already did something like that from the get-go. So for Monster Hunter fans, it's not a live service. It's just the way the game has always been played, except now they have this cool SOS system as well where you can get other people in. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing as long as it's implemented well and it doesn't piecemeal its content in a way that doesn't feel natural. They don't make it super grindy.
0: I can get that. Do you have anything to add uh, Gizmo?
1: Um to be honest, I don't have a lot of experience with games as services like Destiny or an or Marvel's Avengers. But when it comes to season passes, I do get that. Uh, that idea of season passes like if you're a person like uh, uh, Robin who enjoys Spider-Man so much that he wanted to continue the the story or do extra missions. A um, season pass is like a really really well thought um, extra. You you don't pay as much as you pay for a full game, but you pay a little more extra for a game you already love and you just extend the 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 fun you have with that game. But when it comes to games and services, yeah, what, what Maximilian says, it has to be implemented. Properly, and um, I don't have a lot of experience in that sense. But the only game that did that properly, in my eyes, is Destiny and Destiny Two, and 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 the Division. Other other games that that tried that same idea didn't have the 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 gameplay or a well thought out um, roadmap or anything, and and that's just. That's a shame. When you when you look at Anthem, that when I first saw the trailer, I was like, holy shit, that's that's a good game. It's going to be awesome. And also the whole world building I was like, oh, if they do this properly, there's going to be the 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 biggest game for this generation. And then eventually it came out. It's like, meh.
0: That was a real shame because I was looking forward to Anthem as well. Yeah, but. a lot of people. And, it and... looked
3: interesting enough, yeah, but apparently that was not the game they were making.
0: I was yep. hoping that the reboot they're working on is going to make it better.
3: Are they, yeah. though? Are they working on a reboot?
0: Yeah, they, we'll just they have to wait. said that. Um, my second question is around another thing that came up this generation, which I honestly have no value for, which is cross-play. It's something that Microsoft helped into this world or championed into this world. And there was so much buzz around it. And Sony said, we're not going to do it. And a lot of pressure was put onto Sony. And Sony eventually had to cave and do it. Um, I personally, let me put it this way. The theory around crossplay is nice in the way that if Gizmo has an Xbox, I have a PlayStation, uh, and we want to play a game together, he doesn't have to have a PlayStation to do it. So we can play games together. But the, the context in which I've seen it so far is, is only in competitive multiplayer games, not, for example, in co-op games. Um, so eventually, for example, I play Call of Duty with a couple of friends of mine. We always turn crossplay off because, one, it, it, it barely works or there's not a lot of people using it. And secondly, we don't want to be match-made into servers with PC players because they have an advantage over us. Um, seeing as, as crossplay is barely mentioned now, um, what are your takes on crossplay? I hope I think it's, that it's think gonna it's be. Uh,
1: I I hope it's gonna be implemented in co-op games as well because that would open they up. It would have a, a value there. I can.
0: Understand they would have that a
1: big value. value over there, and and um, yeah. I, I am one of the few people I think that is gonna have a Series X and a PlayStation Five. So, um, if if. If Sean Temple is going to play a game in co-op, it's only on PlayStation. I can do that on my PlayStation. But not a lot of people have the luxury of owning both consoles. And Exactly. Um, they do have friends or, or family with another console. So when it comes to cross-play, it really has a value when it comes to playing, um, for instance, a, a game like uh, Dead Space 3, which was uh, a co-op game in essence. I would love that. Game to have crossplay options, so I could play with with people with the PlayStation and uh, myself on Xbox three hundred and sixty at the moment. Um, we can yeah. be
0: scared together. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that <laughs> Stranding
1: wasn't that much scary
4: as No, uh, it was an it game one me, and no. two,
1: but yeah, uh, or or a game like um, uh, the the Prison Break game you just mentioned.
0: That. A way out. Know.
1: Yeah. A way out. That would be. A fantastic game to have crossplay on, but when it comes to competitive matchmaking, yeah, the, that I don't see the the value in that. But when it comes to to story driven games, co-op crossplay would be a a big value in my in my eyes.
3: Yeah, there's probably a technical limitation why they can do it with multiplayer, but not with co-op. But I think. I think co-op works a little bit differently online. I again I'm not a network engineer so I'd have no idea how that all works. Um right. but I feel that if developers um if developers wanted to now that cross play is a thing, they would put in the time and effort into figuring out to make it work for co-op because as you said that adds way more value to it than just multiplayer and it's not i mean it's not like i missed i missed it in multiplayer because i have played um rocket league uh, on my on my switch uh, which was one of the first to have crossplay um for it and when i played against switch players they were on my level but that was back when it was when you still had to play for pay for it was when it just came out and then i tried a few matches with <laughs> with crossplay in it and people playing on PC were just kicking our butts or like, oh, okay. We are we are not ready for this yet. <laughs> They've had like a year of advantage over us and we don't have anything. So um yeah, I, I mean at least now it's an even playing field. I can I can understand that um especially with first person shooters if you're playing competitively. The mouse and keyboard has an edge over everybody else, but um, just because they're on PC doesn't necessarily mean that they're playing mouse and keyboard. The odds are high, of course, but it also could just be that they're
0: playing, you know, with a controller. Um, that is a possibility. I'll give you an example, and this is, I think, a rare case, but it happened to me in which I played uh, multiplayer in crossplay, and the I was the only console player on both teams. And I don't know how it happened, but for some reason we lost the match. But I was the the MVP of my team. Oh, I think I had, yeah, I had the most just skills. That means you were good. I don't, yeah, I don't know, and I don't mean to brag or anything, but I was I was surprised by the result. But <laughs> I go like, what?
3: Yeah. See, so it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. So it is there, but I yeah, I do have to agree. I kind of wish you know you could play co-op Games
2: cross platform as well. Do you have anything to add, Robin? Well, I think it's good to have this feature. I probably won't be using it myself, but I, like uh, Gizmo said, it's nice uh, for people who have friends who have different consoles uh, to be able to play with them. And it's nice to, that technical hurdle um, isn't there anymore. So in theory, this could be implemented with every game nowadays. So um, it's good to have that choice at least.
3: Yeah. Nice. And I think that's that—that's the best takeaway. That at least have the choice. There is something good,
1: yeah. And the fact that I'm—I'm um, I'm happy Sony's finally getting on to that—that uh, that page. But it—it it really shows a bit of how uh, Microsoft has been thinking of the gamers in general, and not only the gamers of their consoles.
0: I'm going to ask one question because I've said this, I've used this argument multiple times when this comes up. I wonder if Microsoft would have done the same if they were not in the position that they are. Because basically, I don't know how accurate the numbers are, but there are numbers floating around that Microsoft sold 50 million Xboxes this generation. Sony sold 113 million. So my reasoning is Microsoft is playing this game because They sold less, so they're trying to win people over by kind of saying, we're here for everybody. We want everybody to enjoy games. And I think if they didn't, if they were not in that position, they might have completely had a different narrative because they were selling the most consoles and making the most money.
1: No, I don't think that's that's, uh, that's the case because like I told you, Microsoft in this case, uh, Phil Spencer has been thinking of, all the gamers and when you think of consoles yeah of course xbox was clearly the loser in the last gen but when you think of pc gamers those top both i think and phil spencer was talking about every gamer so the pc game sony nintendo microsoft uh hopefully sega i don't know name something but um... please
3: please don't say sega because i because I'm very sad right now. For the sake. <laughs> yeah, we we are. Uh, but um, yeah,
1: I I th- yeah. I think even though if if Microsoft had sold a hundred million Xboxes, Phil Spencer is in essence still a gamer at heart. Like, uh, um, oh, I I, I gonna
0: Shuhei Yoshida. He's also, also a gamer. I mean, the dude has a platinum for Dark Souls, or another uh, for Bloodborne and for Demon's Souls. No, oh, no, no! The former president. You mean Don Matrick? No, no I mean, Don
3: Matrick was not a gamer. That dude was a marketing uh, guy. Nintendo,
0: the guy who died. Oh,
3: you mean Iwata-san? Yeah, that the was. I that... who died. Wow, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: dude, <laughs> that's Have a sensitive subject for Maximilian here. That God. do
3: man. Jeez. <laughs>
0: but uh, I told
1: you, I'm gonna hit myself in the head for this. But he was a gamer in essence as well, and the, the same goes for Phil Spencer. He thinks of how. The community as a whole can benefit from certain features instead of, we're gonna win this console war. I, 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 I uh, that's my view on it.
0: Okay, I can understand that. Let's get
3: real here. If it was up to Phil Spencer, they'd be having X Cloud on every known
0: system to man. But that that's good, but that also brings in a lot of money. So it's also a business decision, not just a game. Exactly. Decision. Okay, so <laughs> my last question. Is and maybe you need some time to think about it. We have had, I think, this. I think this was one of the best generations of gaming that we've had so far. We've had a lot of new IPs. I mean, I want to commend Ubisoft for coming out with new IPs on a yearly basis. They might not have all have been the best IPs out of the gate, but eventually held their promise and made the game good through updates and through free content. Um, so Ubisoft came up with a lot of new IPs. Sony as well took some risk, came up with some new IPs. If you have to pick a favorite publisher for this generation, who would it be? And looking forward, since we're starting a new generation, which game are you looking forward to? And if you want some time, you can think about it.
3: Well, we can't leave it empty because this is a
0: podcast. So I've got, we I've got an answer. Robin has an answer.
2: Good. Yep. Go, Go for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> the publisher I'm looking most forward to what they're going to be doing next is probably Naughty Dog. Okay. They're not going to be making a new Uncharted game. They're probably not going to be na- making a new Last of Us game. I have no idea what they're going to come up with next. That's, a, that's an interesting one, yeah. And then the game that I'm mo- mostly looking forward to uh, for the next generation is Spider-Man. No, no, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, uh, It's probably God of War. That's um, a really promising title, and I really hope that they continue um, with the quality uh, they left off with.
0: Nice. Does any of you do have an answer yet? Well, you already
1: mentioned Ubisoft, and I think... Yeah. Ubisoft is, is one of the go-to developers for me because they are uh, developing Assassin's Creed, which is one of my all-time favorites. But they already have a new title or new IP coming up uh, with Immortals Phoenix Rising. And I'm really, really looking forward to how they're going to, uh, yeah, put that game on, on the map. And if it's going to be uh, a series or is, if
0: it's just going to be uh, a solo title. Have um, you tried the game already? No, no. You can uh, I, play it for free through Stadia now. Yeah, Stadia. <laughs> oh, no, but I mean we we tried it and it's actually okay this time around.
1: Yeah, it's, okay, but Stadia
0: is not bad as a
3: program. It's just bad as a service.
1: The business and, behind it is a bit different. No, and 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 yeah. to be honest, I want to play that I want to have the first impression of the game on my either PlayStation 5 or Series X on my 4K TV and not on my I, I, only, I only have I, a, I only have a MacBook, so it's going to be uh, HD and with the mouse and keyboard. So. so,
0: you can plug in your controller. I plugged in my PS4 controller and I picked it up without a issue. But I I and, understand your point.
1: Yeah. So for me, I think it's going to be Ubisoft and um, somewhere I just thought it mm-hmm. of Platinum Games. Oh, that's a good one. I really love their, their, their IPs already, and I hope they. Up with something, yeah, out of the box like vanquish or still or...
3: waiting on that Bayonetta 3. They said they say it's still in development,
1: but yeah, but that's not a new IP, it's been a I, long I, time. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward for a new IP.
3: They are working on a new IP, they hinted something we just don't know what it is something with like giant robots or something. Gun damn, uh, Maximilian, do you have something? Um, yeah, I had to think about it really long and hard because it's been, like, this generation has been ridiculously good for gamers, um, just, like, out of the, you know, just, like, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn was a game that I did not expect to be, um, as good as it is, especially since it was a new IP from Guerrilla Games, who... At that point, I've only done Killzone, and you'd almost think that that's literally the only thing they can do, and then they pull that out of the hat, and you're like, wow, okay, that's, like, ridiculous. Um, It just had the unfortunate timing of coming out the same time as Breath of the Wild, and I feel that that kind of um, made people underestimate it a little bit, or... um, Because like I said, with Breath of the Wild, you had like this go anywhere, do anything thing. Uh, Whereas with uh, Horizon, even though you could go everywhere, there were still some certain, you know, the typical limitations that you have of open world games. You couldn't climb
0: onto anything. You could only climb on really specific things.
3: Exactly. So among other stuff. But the story was really cool. Um, When I finished that, it was really fun. Uh but the thing that I'm looking forward to uh the most is whatever um monolith soft is doing over at Nintendo. Because they put out the uh the the, re- the the definitive edition of Xenoblade Chronicles, and then of course earlier in the Switch's lifecycle, they put out Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is also a really good game with like really good DLC. They had a single player standalone DLC uh prequel story uh torn out the torn out of golden country which you can either buy separately or buy it as a part of the season pass for that game and it is amazing because that feels it literally feels like a a different variation of the same game and the fact that they put all that effort into it it's ridiculous um, and we know that they've been working on a new game for like re- a really long time because they've been hiring people left and right but they've also been helping on other nintendo games um, in terms of like development manpower so i'm really looking forward to whatever it is that they're bringing out be it xenoblade a new xenoblade variant like they did on the wii u with xenoblade chronicles x or something completely different entirely i'm sure whatever it Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Um, and if the rumors of this, the 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 next gen switch are true, and they're going to take and they should they take advantage of the power that's in there, then one can only imagine the lengths that they'll go through. Because the Xenoblade games have always been about this open world art uh, JRPG world that you can live in and just go anywhere that you see on the horizon. Um, with certain limitations on uh, uh, Xenoblade 2 where they were like individual biomes. But Xenoblade 1 came out on the Wii and that was open world and it was ridiculous. Every zone was interconnected uh, only through like a short loading screen. But once you're in that zone, it's this big open space and just ridiculous detail and great characters and great story. I don't know. I I really I really want to see what they those guys are going to do next. i was hoping they
0: come up with something fast.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to take a while, but I think we hopefully will see something next year for those guys. Fingers crossed.
1: All right. Thank you, Sean Templar.
0: Oh, of course. Um yeah. for me, I think Yeah, I think it has to be Ubisoft as well because I had a lot of fun with The Division. I had a lot of fun with the sequel. I loved how they came up with new settings for Assassin's Creed, but especially how they kind of reinvented Assassin's Creed with Origins and Odyssey. I, I loved Odyssey um, because it, it, it really felt like, one, I love the Greek mythology setting, and I also liked how they kind of married Assassin's Creed with The Witcher and came up with this RPG kind of game because... when I played Syndicate, I was kind of getting Assassin's Creed fatigue, and I'm really happy that they took some time. But also, for example, Watch Dogs. I I bought my PS4 for the first Watch Dogs, and it didn't totally live up to what I was expecting, but in the end, I liked it. And now that I'm in Watch Dogs Legion, I'm I'm liking that as well. I loved uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, or Badlands, as Magic Max Million always calls it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm hoping Ubisoft will finally bring out uh, Skull and Bones, even though that game been, has been postponed again. Um, and I mean, the fact that they've been able to to take risks and churn out new IP every year, or at least show it off at a new E3 every year, um, kind of did um, get, did surprise me because. If I'm honest, an Activision and an EA played it real safe and they rarely came up with new stuff, whereas Ubisoft really took this this center stage and said, like, okay, we're just going to do it and we're just going to show everybody what we we're capable of. I'm, I'm really hoping they're coming up with this Splinter Cell because that's something I really missed. Oh, Splinter Cell, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are asking for it, so... I'm pretty I, sure that franchise is retired and they're just using Sam Fisher. I don't hope so. And it's... in the game that I'm looking most forward to, I think, would be um horizon forbidden west because oh, yeah. um I, I i know god of war is going to be amazing but i had just so much fun with horizon zero dawn i played th- that was the first game i played in 4k and it just graphically blew me away god of war was the first one i played in 4k hdr which even added a level on top but just that the amount of freedom the cool story the 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 RPG mechanics the whole world that you had all these diverse environments you could move from the jungle into a snowy area into the desert into this whole city in the desert coming across a thunder jaw and trying to beat it and then oh, frozen wilds that was just so great on so many levels but yeah I mean uh, yeah I mean I I and you're going to give me some flag for this but I wanted to play Horizon Zero Dawn again, and I wanted to play God of War again, and I wanted to play Spider-Man again, and Days Gone again, but I'm holding all these games off so I can play them on the PS5, so I kind of have like a a new experience on it. Um, So I'm really, really looking forward to those. Also, can we like give a shout out to
3: Ashley Birch, who plays Eloy, because... I love, I love the character and she did like an excellent job on that voice. Great voice voice actor. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome in that.
0: Yeah. So I think with that, we have come to this very special and very fun. If I may say episode, it has been an amazing gaming generation. It's been amazing to be able to do this with you all. So I want to, I want to thank you all for joining and for participating. I think Maximilian, uh, with, 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 I think we both can agree that it's just nice to have guests and, and rivals over to do this. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just do my standard uh, outro now so we can wrap it up. Um, yep. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget to follow us on, on the social media platforms that we are. This podcast is available on all platforms, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Especially for you, Robin, we're on Overcast. You're the, the the one person that checks us out there. So we'll just keep on doing it for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Google Podcast, uh, Stitcher, we're there. Um, you can also leave us a voice message through Anchor. There's a link in the description. You don't have to make an account for it. You can just click on it or through Anchor itself. Um, we have a Twitter, which is game underscore rivals underscore we have a uh, Maximilian Twitter, which is at Maximilian. Um, we have an Instagram account, which is at Game Rivals. You'll find a description in the uh, the link in the description, and then um, we have a YouTube account. Also, a description link in the description, uh, and then um, I think that's basically it, right?
3: Yeah. That's you it. can also send us an email. Oh, yeah. GameRivalsFeedback Rivals. Game at gmail.com. Yep. Um so yeah, that's basically, that's the last thing. That's but, basically uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you, uh Gizmo. Thank you, Robin, for joining us. Uh Thanks it was once again me. a pleasure to have you guys on. Um, this is the first time we've done four people, and yeah, it's fun. It, w- it was a fun time. Uh got to learn a bit more about you guys as well (laughs) have some fun conversations on the side um john templar thank you for moderating um it was an honor
0: thank you for having me
3: i'll be back (laughs) next time
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's here every other week ladies and gentlemen (laughs) surprise surprise (laughs) plot twist (laughs) (laughs) on that note um, i don't know if the guys uh, will get this reference but this is something we always do at the end I ha- I am and have always will be ah, Sean <laughs> Templar. And me, and I can't even say it.
3: I have and always will be Maximilian X.
2: And the guests are... I have and always has been Robin. <laughs> it's me,
1: Gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> and, we,
0: and we will catch you on the next one.
1: <laughs> Later. Bye-bye.